tonight on the Midnight Train Podcast. All right, you maggots, bunker down. Elon Musk is held in that north building. We got to take this alleyway, and then we take that building, and then we eliminate Musk. Uh, Sarge, I'm scared. I don't want to die. I got a girlfriend and a dog at home. (laughs) Jenkins, pipe down, you little bitch. We're going to take this alley. We're going to take that building, and we're going to... Wait, what the... What the hell is that? I don't wanna die. Get down, man! It's like a lightning orb! It's like a blue circle, a lightning! Wow! I see it! Get down! Get down! What in tarnation is this? Holy shit, it's a man! Hold fire! Hold your fire, man! Who who are you, sir? Sir, can you hear me? Wow! I am a T-1000 from the future! I traveled here, back in time, Wow! because you have to kill Elon Musk. If you do not terminate Elon Musk, he will spread COVID-19 across America, Oh my god, Sarge! COVID-19? Elon Musk? I know, I know! Well, you're in luck, Mr. Time Traveler! Because we are just about to break down the doors on the North Tower, where Elon Musk is. The only thing is... I don't think we have enough firepower to get through, sadly. America's fate lies in our hands, gentlemen. It's been an honor serving with all of you. What's the matter, Charo? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Get down! Get to the chopper! I'll handle this. I'll be back. My God, he just might save us all. Look out, man. Let him through. Ah, uh, General. I'm pretty sure he does steroids. Get out, sissy pants! Come get some! Elon Musk, I'm coming for you! You've been terminated! With COVID-19 across America and allowing Kanye West as president of Mars, you are now terminated! Not so fast, D-1000! I'm gonna freeze you in ice! so cold! Yes! Now it's mine! Take a time travel device and go back in time and become the ultimate Elon Musk! Wow. Hey, dummy. Guess what tonight's show is about? Yes. Time travel. Welcome to part one of our time travel mini-series. So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning. 
Listener discretion is advised. We say things like, Malcolm in the Middle was a show about little people, right? And, if you put a bounce dryer sheet in your underwear crease, no one will smell your fart. And, how does one go about identifying as a chipmunk? Because I'm a chipmunk now, don't offend me. And, dropping your ice cream cone is the equivalent of the doctor telling you it's terminal. All aboard. Hello, passengers, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what that means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me, as always, is the man that is a tractor beam for grandmothers. It's Jeff Butchko. How are you, sir? That is so true. That's funny you bring that up. Uh-oh. Is there, has there been another? Well, I went to Home Depot over there. Uh, here we go. And I was searching for lumber. Okay. Because there is a current lumber shortage. I did, not, I did not know that. And I found a Home Depot tucked away off the highway that not many people knew about. It's kind of like the secret spot, right? It's the secret Home Depot? Yeah. Oh. So I go walking up in there, and then I got some lumber ties because I'm doing flower beds. And I'm carrying them out. And this old lady comes up. She's like, oh, hi, Sonny. No mask. Why'd you like, talk like that? I don't know. It was loud. First of all, <laughs> caught me out. Anyways, I don't want to get into it, but she definitely was hitting on me for sure. She was one. The JD wasn't she? <sighs> yeah, she was this curse I live with. Yeah. And with us, of course, is the purveyor of the paranormal and the man who can instantly piss off a group of children within five seconds of just meeting them. It's Mr. Moody. How are you today, sir? Wonderful. How are you doing, buddy? I am fucking tired. Good, good. It's good to hear. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. You know what that means. You, uh, gotta, you gotta drink more. Yeah, I do. I do have to drink more. And I am Why drinking, are you tired, John? Uh, because I just got back from Hocking Hills. Oh. Uh, and spent, uh, what, three, four days there? Something like that? Okay, first question. Yeah? Any ghosts? <sighs> None. Other than the fact that I do think that my dog Charlotte actually saw something in the woods. Could it have been Bigfoot with an axe? It could have been. Was it surfing Bigfoot? It could have been like Moody's shirt that Badass. is actually pretty fucking that, awesome. Got that from yeah. my wife today. So. She was just acting really weird and like the, the way this house is set up, there's a pond in the back and then there's like just nothing but trees and tree lines in the back and she would just sit there and watch and just keep watching and like watching. Like alert watch? Yeah. Like or a, just like curious watch? No, like alert, like looking out there. Ooh. Like there was something Might there. Like yeah. Might have been a coyote. It, it could have been anything. We did see some turkeys Were you there. packing heat just in case? Yes, I always I always do. Yeah. Okay. Just in case. Yeah. Would you, know. you be able to aim in the dark? Are you a good shot? Sure. So we would read about you in the but paper hold on. then. We have to preface this that I also <laughs> I also drink a lot. So That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's, I'm going to say yeah. no on that. All right. I'm going to change my answer to no. And listen, we have a special guest with us today, Ooh. fellas. Who could it be now? It is the one and only Chainsaw. Wow. <laughs> we got the live button now. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Not too bad. <laughs> you doing all right? I have no doubt. Ah, oh, there yes. it is. It's, it's the live version. That's right. That's awesome. So, you know, we always have people that uh, honestly say they miss you being on the show and stuff like that. So make sure you say hello to everyone out there. 
Hello, everyone out there. There you go. That was perfect. <laughs> Remember, you got vote a face. for me, and everyone gets some candy. Oh, like two it. of them. Wow. Campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got a face for radio, ladies Who and gentlemen. Who would be your VP? <laughs> Who would be your VP? I I can't say right now. I got to get closer to the date to tell you. Would Ooh. it be a, a little iPad? <laughs> All of the little All iPads. All the little iPads. Nice. I like it. It's awesome. So it's good to see you, man. It's good to have you on the show again. Good to see you. You know, man. welcome, welcome. Um, so you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just three goofballs. Well, four, say goofballs and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. And we want you to know how much it means to us that you're actually listening to our goofy asses right now. Your reviews and support really do make all of the hard work worthwhile. In saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review if you can leave a review. You can leave anything you want. You can say Chainsaw is sexy. That's what you guys should say. So if you go in there, say yes. Chainsaw is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And uh, Patreon subscribers, you know, you guys are out there and we love you and we want to say thank you so much for being a Patreon subscriber. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, well, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode but in the meantime listen all the listeners uh -oh. right all the listeners mean the world to us absolutely and, and you make 100%. the show go. but the patreon guys they're kind of like the best friends the vips yeah you know like what? you yeah. have your friends and then you have your best you, friends you know what right? i was thinking too one of these days one of these weeks we should release one of our uh our bonus episodes that are normally for our patreon people just so everyone can see what they're missing so they get a taste oh that's yeah, not a bad a idea maybe we'll do like that. an hbo free weekend right exactly yeah. all maybe, right maybe we'll do that but you guys Interesting. you know not to not to take from uh, another podcast that we mentioned last week but they are our heroes they are yeah are, are they not absolutely you guys seriously do have no you have no idea how much it means to us that you uh support us the way you do but everybody just by listening you're supporting us all right but go a little step further and just you know Give us a review. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts because for some reason, Apple Podcasts is the only one out there that seems to give a shit for anything. So if you're out there, even if you're not on Apple, even if you don't have an app, an iPhone or anything like that, you can go in there. You can just sign on real quick. It takes a couple minutes to go into our, you know, the podcast, little purple icon thing and just say, you know, that chainsaw is sexy and five stars, right? Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's what your sister says too, by the way. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You hear this, Professor? <laughs> and this goes, this is on behalf of Chainsaw. It goes, it's out of here. <laughs> Just for you. Nice. That's amazing. So, yeah, let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, ladies and gentlemen, and let's get, uh, oh, I don't know about spooky. Let's Let's get informative. Let's get um, nerdy. Let's get nerdy on this episode. I like it. But first, here is a toast to all of you sexy motherfuckers. This is a one Huey Lewis and the news. I fucking love Huey Lewis. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, you know I'm what, a though? huge fan. Speaking of the news... Have you guys been paying yeah. attention to the news lately? Oh, shit. I try not to, but what do you got? Yeah, right. There's something that ha it happens, I would say, every once, eh, maybe every two years or so. Oh, God. There's a toy that's oh, out that Jesus. is making uh, adult sounds. <laughs> oh, I the troll? Yeah, what? The troll. You know the movie Trolls, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody knows yeah, what we're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. They make Poppy. <laughs> I guess that's the girl troll. She's the main sure. one. Sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, long story short, I'm going to play the clip of it, and then I have some other stuff. But. 
what happens is there's a hidden button on the troll's butthole and you push it and well, she makes okay, so what that's fun what it's supposed to be is when she sits down on on her chair or whatever it is that's when she's supposed to make the noise oh so here we go this is the girl explaining it okay um, so it was my daughter's birthday a couple days ago and she turned two and she was given this gift oh my god doll it's adorable <laughs> I just want to and punch I saw this video. I just want to punch this lady. So she had a puppy birthday. And so they, they gave her this. It's just from the new movie, The Trolls World People Tour. People like they should be punched. On the box, it says giggle and sing poppy. Uh, poppy. On poppy. the back, it says that if you push her tummy right here. Sorry, it's glaring. And obviously this is right a video here, people, she so she's showing in the video. Sounds, and that's all it talks about. And it comes with a little comb. So, I mean, she does all that. You touch her tummy and she makes oh little gosh. singing sounds and she's super cute. Super well, cute. Super cute. And she's sipping white I heard some other sounds that I had never yeah. heard before. And if you look. Here we go. Down here. I figured a video was the best way. So I just touched her tummy and she's going to sing uh. for a minute. So that's the tummy. That's not the but butthole. Yeah. Okay. Down right, here. Right. The, the butthole. butthole. That's not the right butthole. Here no. on her privates. Privates. I'm sorry. And if you push Private. those, she makes these sounds. Like a gasping sound. Okay. And I know some of you may not like think this is a big deal. Yeah, we don't. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. This All right. So here's the thing. So I did a little research, right? And I thought, you know, they fucking pulled that. Awesome. They pulled that thing already. They pulled the toy already. I know. Because of dumb bitches like that. But do you know there was another troll? His name was Troll Nasty. And he did a whole freaking song about it. It's amazing. Hey, yo. This is Troll Nasty. 20 bitch. I got this buzzing between my legs. Ah! When you push it, baby, I might go insane. All through my body, all through my soul. When you push it, baby, come on, let's go. Ah! I got that sunshine in my butthole and it makes me feel so clean. And if you wanna wrap it, we'll go have Bible scream. Troll Nasty, good soundtrack. I think Troll Nasty is might be a new. Uh, <laughs> right? He might be new to the show here and like a regular on the show. That's, Fuck that's, you, that's, uh, <laughs> I just I wanted to share that with everybody. I thought it was a good story. And, I just want to. Uh, I got. How did I get rattled? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do shit to nobody. So yeah. now people out there listening might may actually be going, "What the fuck does that have to do 
with what we're talking about today because we're actually talking about time travel. But here's why <laughs> Jeff is allowed to do that because this episode is actually dedicated to Jeff. Yes. Because he has been wanting to do a time travel travel travel, Tra- travel. travel. episode for a very, very long time. So guess what? Today... We are discussing time travel and time travelers. We're going to talk about the science be, uh, behind time travel and uh, discuss tales of supposed time travelers. It's going to be a two-part episode, right, Moody? Two-part, wow. yeah. yeah, two yeah. Part. Wow. Today is all wow. the science-y stuff, and then next week is going to be all the uh, the fun stuff. So Right. So Jeff has been waiting a long time, so we're going to bore the shit out of him uh, with science <laughs> and information before he gets his actual treat about possible real time travelers in the next wait. episode. <laughs> Why am I here this week? I should be here next week for the fun shit. Well, because we want to bore you too. Thanks, but it's time we... to learn something, my friend. Wow. <laughs> all right. We all, we all figured you needed to learn something, right? James, right. Uh, right. Huh, wait. <laughs> Instead of how to drive a stick shift, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or your sister. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> I, I don't know. Sorry, it doesn't sorry. bother me at all. I don't it's our first derail. We haven't even launched yet, baby. Yeah, first derail. All right, so let's get into this. First and foremost, what is time? All right, so Webster's Dictionary defines time as the following. The measured or measurable period during which an action, process, or condition exists or continues. A non-spatial continuum that is measured in terms of events which succeed one, from, uh, one another from past through present to future. Generally speaking, methods of temporal measurement or chrono- chronometry. Yes. There are, hey, just really quickly. Oh, I know. There are going to be so many fun words for you to say. Yay! In this I get to fuck up a bunch of English. That's amazing. That's um, normal. So chronometry uh, take two distinct forms. Uh, the calendar, a mathematical tool for organizing intervals of time, and the clock, a physical mechanism that counts the passage of time. In day-to-day life, the clock is consulted for periods less than a day, whereas the calendar is consulted for periods longer than a day. Increasingly, personal electronic devices display both calendars and clocks simultaneously. The number, as on a clock dial or a calendar, that marks the occurrence of a specified event as to hour or date is obtained by counting from a fiducial epoch. Fiducial. That's, you said douche. <laughs> I know. Fiducial epoch. Epic, right? Epoch. That's what I said. Who? Tupac. Epoch. <laughs> that's the one Ewok. Yes. That, oh, from that's, Star Wars. That's what it is. Yeah. Which is a central <laughs> reference point. All right. So the fiducial epoch. Correct. Right, is right. the central I assume, reference point. I assume that everyone knows what that is already. Correct. I, I would assume so too. Jeff, are you still awake? Yeah. You had me at time. I was waiting for Morris Day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Morris Day, yes. Dude, that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been the song for the beginning. Yeah, that would have been yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Jesse, not Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, oh, we, oh. Girl, I like to know you, know you. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> it's a great song. It's I a mean, fantastic it's song. All right, so let's talk about the history of the calendar. All right, over there, Chainsaw. Artifacts from the Paleolithic. <laughs> From the Paleolithic suggests that the moon was used to reckon time as early as 6,000 years ago. Wow. L- wow. I didn't even have to press it. <laughs> lunar calendars were among the first to appear with years of either 12 or 13 lunar months, either 354 or 384 days. 
Without intercalation to add days or months to some years, seasons quickly drift in a calendar based solely on 12 lunar months. Luna solar calendars have a 13th month added to some years to make up for the difference between a full year, now known to be about 365.24 days. All right. right. So let's take that back. So I like, have no doubt. You, right. You're picturing these prehistoric, primitive, like cavemen guys, right? And they see the moon and it's, you know, it's changing direction constantly and, and angle and whatnot. And they're, you think they just look up and they're like, <laughs> and the other one's like, and he starts drawing in the sand. Right. And then he make the sundial, right? Or is that too the, far uh, forward? The, the sundial will come into play later. Yes, we will discuss God, that. We'll always there. jump ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. I love this stuff. Hey, hey. Time travels like my He shit. was traveling to the future. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. He was traveling. So, <laughs> the numbers 12 and 13 came to feature prominently in many cultures, at least partly due to uh, this relationship of months to years. Other early forms of calendars originated in Mesoamerica, particularly in um, ancient Mayan civilization. These calendars were, were religiously and astronomically based with 18 months in a year and 20 days in a month, plus five uh, epigominal days at the end of the year. Imagine you like that? Months. That was good. You man. like that? 18 right. months in a year. Imagine working that. That would so Yeah, but it's only 20 days a month. So right. So your months are shorter. You get more paychecks. That's true. You would get more. Yeah. Why don't we go to 18 months? What the fuck? <laughs> That's your campaign speech right there. All, of a, sudden, there it is, all of a sudden he's all there about it, it. Yeah. We're going back to 18 months, boys. So the reforms of Julius <laughs> Caesar in 45 BC put the Roman world on a solar calendar. This Julian calendar was faulty in that it's intercalculation still allowed the astronomical solstices and equinoxes to advance against it by about 11 minutes per year. Oops. Right. Pope Gregory the eighth introduced a, uh, no, that'd be 13th Pope Gregory the 18th. Uh, no, that's eighth Rocky five. That's 13th. Yeah. Sorry. Pope Gregory the 13th introduced a correction in 1582. The Gregorian calendar was only slowly adopted by different nations over a period of centuries, but it is now by far the most commonly used calendar around the world. During the French Revolution, a new clock and calendar were invented in an attempt to de-Christianize time and create a more rational system in order to replace the Gregorian calendar. Fucking Christian. <laughs> the, <laughs> the French Republican calendar's days consisted of 10 hours of a 100 minutes of 100 seconds, which marked a deviation from the base 12 duodecimal system, uh, the, 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 which is what they use now. Currently. 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hour days. 12 hour increments. Right. Uh, the system used in many other devices by many cultures. The so, system was abolished in 1806. All right. So let's re, let's go take this back a little bit and kind of talk this through because there's a lot of information coming medieval. on this. Evil. There's a lot. Good. Well, I was just going to say, so when they, when they talk about the French Republican calendars of 10 hours of a hundred minutes of a hundred seconds, that's like essentially making the calendar metric. You know? Yeah, and nobody likes millimeters. I mean, as a car guy, it's the biggest bullshit in the world when they're like, oh, yeah, you need a 10 millimeter sock. It's like, fuck you. The only reason that is, though, is because we don't use it, which we're, we're the only country that doesn't. Yeah, the the there's one, the there's one other country right. besides us that's some tiny little fucked up country somewhere. And we probably own it. <laughs> yeah. Most likely. You're yeah. going to use this system, and if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So let's discuss history of time measurement devices, Jeff. <gasps> yes. I can't wait. Jeff, do you know what a time measurement device is? Absolutely. It's a DeLorean AMC. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me, dude? I know on all this shit. On a side note, I was on a walk. We were, me and my kids were walking to uh, their 
me and my wife and kids were walking to the cousin's house, mm-hmm. and the dude just had a fucking DeLorean sitting out in the front yard. Oh, like, that's pretty hardcore. Awesome. I could see it from a mile away because it was fucking blinding me in the sunlight. Yeah. Of course it was. <laughs> Did he have Biff out there waxing it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Biff, you missed a spot. Yes, Mr. McFly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so time measurement devices. A large variety of devices have been invented to measure time. The study of these devices is called horology, an Egyptian device that dates to uh, circa 1500 BC, similar in shape to a bent T-square, measured the passage of time from the shadow cast by its crossbar on a nonlinear rule. The T was oriented eastward in the mornings. At noon, the device was turned around so that it could cast its shadow in the evening direction. All right? It's like a early it's sundial. A what? Right. Say what? It was called a what? A whore what? No, it's horology is what the study of it is called. I like horology. <laughs> Jesus. Not that horology, buddy. Oh, okay. I think you're you thinking are, of something I mean, else. He is a truck driver. So yeah. That's he's going to be sleeping on the couch after sugar, but here's <laughs> this. <laughs> so a sundial uses a uh, Newman. Newman. I actually looked that Newman, up. Newman. 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 It uses a Newman to cast a shadow. And a is, that, set. is that how it's pronounced? That's actually how it's pronounced. Newman. Yes. Right. A Newman. Yeah on a set of markings calibrated to the hour. <laughs> the position of the shadow marks the hour in local time. The idea to separate the day into smaller parts is credited to Egyptians because of their sundials, which operated on a duodecimal system. The importance of the number 12 is due to the number of lunar cycles in a year and the number of stars used to count the passage of night. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm following in my head here. Okay. You got that, Jeff? Yeah. You good? All right. Yeah. Do you know how to use a sundial? 1.21 gigawatts of sun. <laughs> One point- God, I, love I mean, we, we need just, plutonium. We could just <laughs> Jeff's got. We could just stop right here. I think. Yeah, I think he's got it. Right. Yeah. Is he got it? Yeah, right? yeah. You want to keep going? No. Yeah, I want to hear more. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> we just started. All right. Trust We're me. Cracking the surface here. We literally just started. So, passengers, yeah. while you're listening yeah, out yeah. there, I hope you have a drink in your hand because yeah, we're gonna get real nerdy on this shit. So, the most precise timekeeping device of the ancient world was the water clock or clepsydra. Right? That yeah, sounds badass. Right. Sounds like a fucking venereal disease. Another hill. It sounds like a nine headed yeah. <laughs> It sounds like a nine headed animal that's just coming up to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> Beware the Clipsydra! <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> um so which is awesome. One of these was actually found in the tomb of Egyptian pharaoh um Imanatep the the first. They could be used to measure the hours even at night, but required manual upkeep to replenish the flow of water. That would be annoying as fuck. That's yeah. like a clock that just it makes you want to pee all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine like you're the guy that's got to get up at like two in the morning to fucking pour water in it. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Jesus. So the ancient Greeks and the people from uh, Chaldea, which is uh, southeastern Mesopotamia, regularly maintained timekeeping records as an essential part of their astronomical observations. Arab inventors and engineers in particular made improvements on the use of water clocks up to the Middle Ages. In the 11th century, Chinese inventors and engineers invented the first mechanical clocks driven by an escapement mechanism. <laughs> Why is that funny, Moody? I mean, is it not? I mean, I'm sure there's some engineer nerd out there listening like, <laughs> yeah, I got a Moody. <laughs> wow. We'll be right back after this message. Every morning, every Hello, boys and girls. It's your old pal, George Romero. I'm here to tell you, this is the golden advertising spot. If you buy this space, you will increase your business by twofold. Now I get it. 
This podcast is a bunch of middle-aged men rumming the gamut of weed, dick, and fart jokes. But hey, they're onto something here, trust me. You want to advertise here? Call them up. And now we return to your regularly scheduled program. Yow. So the hourglass, you guys have seen one of these things, right? <laughs> Is an hourglass, are... that's the thing from the uh, the Wicked Witch has the hourglass, right? Uh, when she's got Dorothy's yes. got so much time. I see you, my pretty. Yeah. You talking mm. hourglass figure? Uh, Always got to go there, you don't sick you? son of a bitch. God. Jeez. So we're talking about hourglasses. So hourglasses use peg. the flow of sand to measure the flow of time. They were used in navigation. And uh, Ferdinand Magellan used 18 glasses on each ship for his circumnavigation of the globe in 1522. Hell yeah. His circumcision. Circumnavigation. Oh. Yeah. Incense sticks and candles were and are commonly used to measure time in temples and churches across the globe. Okay, so that I did not know. All right. Seriously, like you're learning. I just stuff. thought it was for scent. No, it's it's because they're measuring time. So, yeah. like when the incense is all the way out, time's up. They probably know how long of a time fragment that is. So, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, how long does an incense stick burn? I guess. Yeah, I guess that they know. I have no idea. You're asking me. These are questions we should know. You're our conductor, <laughs> sir. Who did the research on this? Moody. So now listen, water clocks. I'm sorry, I'm not paying attention. Okay. <laughs> and later, mechanical clocks were used to mark the events of the abbeys and monasteries of the Middle Ages. Richard of Wallingford, from uh, who was around from 1292 until 1336, yep. abbot of St. Albans Abbey, famously built a mechanical clock as an uh, astronomical orrery about 1333. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is an orrery? What is an orrery? What Moody? is an orrery? I uh, just had it here. Hold on. I will let you know. Well, I'll uh, tell you. An orrery is a mechanical model of the solar oh, system. Oh, you bastard. I had it right Yeah. That illustrates or predicts the relative positions and motions of the planets and moons. That's usually, why I leave the links in for you. <laughs> usually according to the heliocentric model. Okay. It may also represent the relative sizes of these bodies. However... Since accurate scaling is often not practical due to the actual large ratio differences, a subdued approximation may be used instead. So that's what those are. So basically, you ever seen those things that um, look like they're on a, on, a, on a plate and it's got all these different uh, mechanical like little um, globes and uh, Isn't that planets a, uh, and stuff like that? Was his name Salador? Ever seen? Sal- Salvador Dali? That's completely Doesn't he have that painting where the clock is like melted over, but it's one of those big plate clocks? No, 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 no totally different thing. Have you ever yeah. seen the movie Pitch Black? No. Who's yeah, this? With Vin Diesel. Which is amazing, no. by the way. Okay, they have one of those when they go in there and they start spinning the planets around and they all rotate around each other. Is it yeah. like the Dark Crystal uh, that the I, Oracle uses? I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I know what I you're talking know. about. Yeah, How do you know. guys not know the Dark Crystal? I know what it is, but I don't remember that. We're too busy doing this no, shit. No, it's a fucking model of the planets <laughs> going around each other, okay? That's yes, what it is. in the Dark Crystal. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> God. You made one in probably third grade or some shit. My daughter just put one together. Right. So, great <laughs> advances in, in accurate timekeeping were made by Galileo. Uh, Galilei. 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 It's Galileo Galilei. 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 It's a that's, stupid name. I didn't make it up. Name, yeah. That's his name. And, Galilee. <laughs> and especially Christian Huygens with the invention of pendulum driven clocks along with the invention of the minute hand by Jost Berge. Yes. Yeah, so there's actually somebody who created the minute hand. 
and we can uh we <laughs> like, can, can you imagine like just burger you meet somebody that's like totally rich they're loaded they're like like yeah where'd you make where did you make all your money uh we're clock money what do you mean <laughs> my great great grandfather invented <laughs> yeah. the minute hand <laughs> like, <laughs> but if you think about that nobody old, ever old sister, clock money you don't look at a watch or a <laughs> clock and go hmm you would think that it was all like a cumulative thing where somebody right. just created a yeah, clock. Yeah, it was all done at one right. time. Yeah, you would think so, but it, yeah, apparently not. So the English word clock. Great things. Who invented take the second? Multiple sources. Who invented right. the second hand? That's the I, I, that's, he's probably got bigger yeah, money. That was Jim Jehovah. No, it wasn't. I don't think so. <laughs> yep. So no, the, he invented witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> so the English word clock probably comes from the Middle Dutch word clock, which in turn derives um, from the medieval Latin word cloca. Uh-huh. Which wait a second? I know what a cloaca is. Not that kind no, of no, cloaca. No, not a cloaca. Yeah, not a cloaca. Yeah, not that. Oh, emphasis on the a. Yeah, there's no a in this word. So it uh, it ultimately derives from the Celtic and is a uh, is cognate with French, Latin, and German words that mean bell. All right, for whom tolls? Right. The passage of the hours at sea were marked by bells and denoted the time, and uh, the hours were marked by bells in abbeys as well as at sea. So uh-huh. these these bells were actually. So the bells came first and was derived. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm doing pretty good on this one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, not bad so far. But so it was derived from that word, and that's where clock supposedly came from. Is it maritime different, though, than standard time? Yes. Uh, Well, they use use a 24-hour clock instead of a 12-hour. Like military So military. Yeah, yeah. So clocks can range from watches to more exotic varieties, such as the clock of the long now. They can be driven by a variety of means, including gravity, springs, and various forms of electrical power, and regulated by a variety of means, such as a pendulum. Alarm clocks first appeared in ancient Greece around 250 BC. Think about that. Huh. 250 BC. And that's when alarm clocks first with a water clock that would set off a whistle. This idea was later mechanized by Levi Hutchins and Seth E. Thomas. And that's when the downfall of humanity began. <laughs> no, that's Again when you, with the water clock, man. That's when you just fucking hated life. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you dicks, for creating something that will always be the bane of our existence. <laughs> How did okay. it go off again? Real quick. The clock of the long now, also called the 10,000-year clock, is a mechanical clock under construction that is designed to keep time for 10,000 years. Jesus. That's pretty awesome. That is cool. Yeah. How did that one go off, though? The one we just talked about, the old one, the water one, yeah, um, like the alarm clock. How did it, how did it sound off? Was it bells? A whistle say? with a whistle, a whistle. Yeah, imagine that. It's six in the morning, like <laughs> <laughs> you just hear. Hit the goddamn snooze button. I'm tired. <laughs> it's up all night doing laundry. It's a water clock, though, man. You're gonna wake up <laughs> after you piss the bed. Yeah, right. <laughs> so a chronometer is a portable timekeeper that meets certain uh, precision standards. And initially, the term was used to refer to the marine chronometer, a timepiece used to determine longitude by means of celestial navigation, a precision um, firstly achieved by uh, John Harrison. More recently, the term has also been applied to the chronometer watch, a watch that meets precision standards set by the Swiss agency CO. SC, so you know those Swiss swatches out there. As my chronometer gently wins. <laughs> <laughs> so the most accurate timekeeping devices are 
atomic clocks, which Ooh. are accurate to seconds and in many millions of years and are used to calibrate other clocks and timekeeping instruments. And just sounds so mm. badass. Like atomic clock. And over here is the atomic clock, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> so atomic clocks. Secondhand's ticking. <laughs> atomic clocks use the frequency, uh, frequency of electronic transitions in certain atoms to measure the second. One of the atoms used is cesium. Most uh, modern atomic clocks probe cesium with microwaves to, de to determine the frequency of these electron vibrations. Since 1967, the International System of Measurements base um, its unit of time, the second, on the properties of cesium atoms. SI, which is the, uh, what's the SI? Wow. Uh, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Sports Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. I just imagine the doctor and they're like, okay. <laughs> So tell me about his lifestyle. And the guys on the bed just like, you know, crinkled up and dehydrated and, and this pretty much a skeleton at this point. And the wife's like, well, we got this atomic clock. And he's like, yeah, that would do it. The radiation of the atoms <laughs> Nothing to do would, would definitely wither away your husband. <laughs> well, so check this out. So they define the second as, oh, man. Nine billion one hundred ninety-two million six hundred thirty-one thousand seven hundred seventy cycles of the radiation that corresponds to the transition between two electron spin energy levels of the ground state of the. Ooh, Moody, you want to take that one? I don't know. Just fucking read it. One hundred thirty-three C's atom. Is that just it? Sure. Okay. So, I'm assuming, so basically, I'm it's a lot the, of fucking cycles, dude. I'm assuming that the bastard. CS is the cesium, right? Is like the cesium atomic atom. symbol for. So cesium. that's actually 133 times. It's like, it's right? like, I guess, or like to the yeah. 132nd power. How many times yeah. do you think the poor bastard fucked up the count and had to start over? Nine billion one hundred ninety-two million six hundred thirty-one thousand. He's like seven hundred and seven. Fuck it. Seven hundred and seven. God damn it. So today, the global positioning system in coordination with the network time protocol can be used to synchronize timekeeping systems across the globe. In medieval philo uh, philosophical writings, the atom was a unit of time referred to as the smallest possible division of time. The earliest known occurrence in English is in... <laughs> Byerfirths. Is what? Byerfirths. What would you call me? It's, it's Byerfirths. You're you're a bio first. In here fucking hell. Fuck. Hold on. Buyer first. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Thanks. Buyer first, I'm gonna get this. No, no, no. Put it together like Sesame Street. In The parts. All right, I got it. In Kiridirian, that's what it is. All sure, right. we'll go with that. Which is a science text <laughs> okay. from um, from 1010 to 1012, where it was defined as one 564th of a momentum, which is one and a half minutes, and thus equal to 1594th of a second. Everybody got that? Yeah, 1594th of a second. It. Right. Okay. It was used in the computus, the process of calculating the computus, date of right, right. Easter. All right. right. It actually helped calculate the date of Easter. Now, wait. Was a that second. the Star Trek Captain Picard's Borg alter ego? Alter ego? Computus? Wow, we're getting hardcore nerd right now. Yeah, wow. Your nerd just totally fell out of the table. Melissa, you just learned something new about <laughs> your man. I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but as of May 2010, <laughs> the smallest time interval, uncertainly in direct measurement, is on the order of 12. Atto seconds, which is 1.2 times 10 to the negative 17th seconds, about 3.7, oh, 3.7 <laughs> times 10 to the 26th 
Plank times. Uh, right. Plank Why do you times. say that one more time? Yeah, it's four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so do, do we know what plank times are? I don't. <laughs> You're more than welcome. That sounds SpongeBob, right? right? Look, so, dude, I'm just here to fucking put stuff on all right, paper. So bro. plank time, <laughs> plank time unit is the time required for light to travel a distance of one plank length in a vacuum, which is fuck is a plank length? It's the speed of but, light, but, basically, right? Which is time interval of approximately, like we were talking about, it is actually five point three nine times ten to the negative fourth power. All forty fourth power. That's what I said. Negative forty fourth. You said fourth. Fuck you. Now here's my problem. Here's my problem. Okay. Okay. All this stuff you just said. Right. Somebody figured this out at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Doc Who's Brown. The, who the fuck checks this guy? He's like, oh, yes, <laughs> it's 44 planks times the pro neutron of atom splitting a second hand of 12 seconds. And the guy's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, well, like, who checks his math? Well, look, this, Doc all Brown. this stuff, all this stuff, when you talk about science, somebody does it. Right. And then it's checked several times over before it's, it's considered fact. Who now, the fuck would want to check that? Seriously, I would I have like no get, idea. <laughs> There's people that love fucking, this shit. I've already got a fucking headache, so go ahead. So check this out, though. This is this is actually cool. Talking about you have the, an IQ of seven. <laughs> I'm up to <laughs> sweet. I have no doubt. So the, talking about plank time, all scientific experiments and human experiences occur over time scales that are many orders of magnitude longer than the plank time, making any events happening at the plank scale undetectable with current scientific technology. So as of November 2016, the smallest time interval uncertainty in direct measurement like we talked about was on the order of oh, it's actually called zeptoseconds. I like that. That's what cool. That's fuck? 850 zeptoseconds, which is 8.50 times 10 to the negative 19 seconds. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> I'm totally thinking we should write a song called Zeptoseconds. Zeptoseconds? <laughs> yes. What do you think? Yes. Okay. Come so on, listen. Open it up. <laughs> so here's the thing, Jeff. You wanted to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. So we're discussing everything about this because it's all you, bro. Because when it comes to time, there's way more to it than what we think about on a daily basis. We talk about time as in like, oh, I gotta go take a shit or I gotta go pick somebody up. There's so yeah. much more to it. And it's been going on for the last freaking forever you know what i mean I I mean, time you know, is ever forever and, and like the famous, literally the famous scientist cindy lopper time after time i mean it just keeps going right and her especially yeah wow so, <laughs> these are the basics of time and measuring them as we know time now for a bit of history before we get into the <gasps> ready before we get into the heavy stuff <laughs> heavy stuff right shit yeah, that wasn't even the heavy stuff. Right. This is this is this is um, grab yourself a drink, folks. Like I said, and uh, go along for the ride on this one. So, a brief history of time travel concepts and some th thoughts throughout history. Here's what we're going to discuss. All right. So, wow. <laughs> this is really boring, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Evan. Thanks, Evan. Evan, suck it. Anyway, some ancient myths depict a character <laughs> skipping forward in time. In Hindu mythology, the Mahabharata. Mentions the story of King Ravata uh, Kakadumi. Wait, 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 wait. What? It's what? Wait, it's, wait. I, I need, I need everybody silent, <laughs> please, and then say that one more time. It's actually Kakudumi. Oh, I want the sound bite. Come on, just do it one more time. For Kakadumi. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Who travels to heaven to meet the creator Brahma and is surprised to learn when he returns to earth that many ages have passed. The Buddhist Pali Canon mentions the relativity of time. The Payasa Sutta tells of one of the Buddha's um, chief disciples, Kumara Kasapa, who explains to the skeptic Payasi 
that time in the heavens passes differently than on Earth. The Japanese tale of Yoroshima Taro, uh, first described on the Man, uh, Manyashu, ta- uh, in the Manyashu, yeah, tells of a young fisherman named Yoroshima Noku who visits an undersea palace. After three days, he returns home to his village and finds himself 300 years in the future. That's Interstellar! Greatest right. movie ever. It all kind of co- correlates to this. Yes. Where he has been forgotten. So basically, they ripped off this. Right. So it's not even an original movie. You know what? Can you turn his mic off? Sure. I can turn yours off. <laughs> so we're, dare you. he's actually been forgotten in this realm here and his house is in ruins and his family has died. Now in Jewish tradition, the first century BC scholar Honi Hamagel is said to have fallen asleep and slept for 70 years. When waking up, he returned home, but found none of the people he knew and no one believed his claims of who he actually was. That would be like a bad dream. Imagine that, you know, also real quick, you were talking about the Mahabharata. Yes. Uh, there was also detailed plans for spaceships in, uh, and that and the other, I, I believe it's, I can't remember what the other book is called, but they have uh, like, de- they're called Vimana. They have like plans and talk about spaceships. And that's like so ancient, ancient, shit ancient, ancient shit. Ancient that's aliens. Ancient. Yep. So now let's shift to some science fiction. All right. right. Let's, let's do that. Ooh. So, so this was all fact. <laughs> this is all shit that is either transpired or has been created or has been documented and is scientifically like it's in okay. the books. So now we, we have all the history folks. Well, some, <laughs> now, this is still part of the history of right. time travel lore. Now we're going right. to get sci-fi nerdy. Are you right. ready? Chainsaw, are you ready for this? I'm ready. All sir. right. So okay. early science fiction Stories feature characters who sleep for years and awaken in a changed society or are transported to the past through supernatural means. Jeepers creepers. Among them... Army of Darkness. <laughs> Lan uh, 2440, which is uh, Revesil Infuit Jamais by Louis... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, you got to go back and shit. do it with the accent. Among them is Lan 2440. <laughs> Why are you so angry? Because Re- I am French. <laughs> Revesil Infuit Jamais by Louis <laughs> Sebastian Mercer. Rip Van Winkle by Washington Irving. Uh, Looking Backward by Edward Bellamy and When the Sleeper Awakens by H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells is fucking amazing, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Prolonged sleep, like the more familiar time machine, is used as a means of time travel in these stories. The degree to which a literary device such as a greatly prolonged sleep constitutes time travel, it's disputed. And like aliens, they go in the chambers. Right. For the hyperspace travel. I mean, all the sci-fi movies, they do that. Yeah. Which actually, technically... We'll get into it a little bit later on. But that's a but real thing? That is is kind of close to time travel because, uh, well, you'll see later, but space, hibernation. And time, space and time travel are, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all relative, every single bit of it. You'll see. Yeah. There's a lot later on. It, it gets Oh, good for you. <laughs> so the earliest work about backwards time travel is uncertain. Samuel Madden's Memoirs of the 20th Century from 1733 is a series of letters from British ambassadors in 1997 and 1998. Okay, this is from 1733. And he is writing about 1997 and 1998, which is fucking crazy. Anyway, to diplomats in the past, conveying the political and religious conditions of the future. Because the narrator receives these letters from his guardian angel, Paul Alkin suggests in his book, Origins of Futuristic Fiction, that the, quote, first time traveler in English literature is a guardian angel, end quote. I would be curious to read that and see what they say about um, 
the political time. and religious conditions in 1998 and 1998 I mean, do you, do you want me to read a book too? I, I can read. Can you? Yeah. Okay. I have one for you. It's called Sea Spot Run. I'm on it. Nice. So Madden does not explain how the angel obtains these documents, but Alkin asserts that Madden, quote, deserves recognition as the first to toy with the rich idea of time travel in the form of an artifact sent backward from the future to be discovered in the present. Um, in the science fiction anthology Far Boundaries from 1951, Editor August Darleth claims that an early short story about time travel is missing one's coach. An an, uh, anachronism? Yeah, I got that right. Anachronism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Written for the Dublin Literary Magazine by an anonymous author in 1838. So while the narrator waits under a tree for a coach to take him out of Newcastle upon uh, Tyne, he is transported back in time over a thousand years. He encounters the venerable Bede in a monastery and explains to him the developments of the coming centuries. However, the story never makes it clear whether these events are real or a dream. Another early work about time travel is The Forebears of Calamaris. Alexander, son of Philip of Macedon by Alexander Veltman, published in 1836. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka, 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's voodoo, V O U D O U X dot com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. And now we will return to your regularly scheduled program. So we're talking about the science fiction of time here, or, or time being in science fiction. And uh, Jeff, this one's definitely up your alley, because <laughs> if our listeners remember, we, and this is awesome that we have the one and only Chainsaw with <laughs> us on this episode, because we're talking about Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig. <gasps> and if our listeners remember we last uh holiday season we did our own version of a christmas carol and there was some time <laughs> shit in there so what would you like to say to that there chainsaw all the little ipads <laughs> so mr and mrs fezziwig dance in a vision shown to scrooge by the ghost of christmas past Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol from 1843, once again, that we did our own little thing for. Which, to uh, Totino rolls were being passed around right. on trays. He has early depictions of time travel in both directions. As the protagonist, Ebenezer Scrooge is transported to the Christmases uh, past and future. Other stories employ the same template where a character naturally goes to sleep 
and upon waking up finds themselves in a different time. Wow. A cl- <laughs> a cl- <laughs> it's just like the button, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Quick, can we do it again? Do it again real quick. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that one's got a little more emphasis yeah. on it. Wow. There it there is. You there, it is. <laughs> there you go. So a clearer example of backward time travel is found in the popular 1861 book, Paris Avant Les Homes. Oh, wait, yes, wait, wait. are we going French? Wait. Paris Avant yes. Les Homes, which is Paris before men, by the French botanist and geologist Pierre Boutard. Damn, he's angry. <laughs> I am French. <laughs> Published uh, posthumously. Uh, posthumously. Posthumously. Thank you. I, I always say posthumously. Whatever. It's the same fucking That's word. That's all right, man. In the story. Uh, Schedule. <laughs> The protagonist is transported to the prehistoric, uh, to prehistoric past, the prehistoric past by the magic of a lame demon, <laughs> which is a French pun on Boutard's name, uh, where he encounters a plesiosaur and an ape-like ancestor and is able to interact with ancient creatures. Edward Everts Hale's Hands Off from 1881 tells the story of an unnamed being, possibly the soul of a person who has recently died, who interferes with ancient Egyptian history by preventing Joseph's enslavement. This may have been the first story to feature an alternate history created as a revolt of a result of time travel. It's pretty fucking awesome. I love it. You're looking at 1881. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. This is what I talk about when we talk about things, um, you know, like the, the ability of people in their brains, no matter where they were back in the day. Like, look, we're talking about someone from the 1700s discussing politics in the 1900s. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can never can never sit there and disregard the brain power of people. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's a ton more creativity back then too. Cause there was nothing to do. You know what I mean? It well, was like work all TV. day and they didn't have iPods. <laughs> not only, iPods. But think about it too. Not only <laughs> that. IPads. Not only that. This shit hasn't been done yet. Right. Like you get, you get to where we're at now. And like, I feel like it's even more impressive now. If you come up with something new like this, because this shit's all been done before. Back then, nothing, none of that stuff had been done. You should write you know music. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Jeff and Chainsaw, guess what we're talking about now? We're talking about early time machines. Skynet? Not yet. Damn it. Yeah. The time machine. Early time machines. Some time machines. Some time machines. Right. Ah, time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a time machine? The time machine. The time. Uh, you talking about the club? No, the, the movie. Club. The, club. <laughs> the movie. The time machine. Oh, uh, the, we might get there. I don't just, know if I've ever seen that one. Dude, just listen to the goddamn show. All right. I've seen Time Bandits. Fuck. Time like, Bandits, yes. I feel like my kid's watching a movie. <laughs> so one of the first stories to feature time travel by means of a machine is The Clock That Went Backward by Edward Page Mitchell, which appeared in the New York Sun in 1881. However, the mechanism borders on fantasy. An unusual clock, when wound, runs backwards and transports people uh, nearly back in time. Nearby back in time. Not nearly. (laughs) It's like, you almost went back. Oh, I got you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you crazy. I bet the effects were amazing in that movie. (laughs) So the author does not explain the origin of properties of the clock. Enrique Gaspar y Rambos el (laughs) Anacropinopate. Anacronopate. Anacronopate. Right? Anacronacorva? Yeah, obviously. Anacronacorva. Yeah, from 1887. May have been the very first story to feature a vessel engineered to travel through time. Andrew Sawyer has uh, commented that the story, quote, does not seem to be the first literary description of a time machine noted so far. 
adding that Edward Page Mitchell's story, The Clock That Went Backward, is usually described as the first time machine story, but uh, this is a quote, I'm not sure that a clock quite counts. However, H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, popularized the concept of time travel by mechanical it means. It does say, so it does say 1895, so Chainsaw would have been alive when that was out. <laughs> Ooh, yes. I was seven. <laughs> I was seven. You had like deer skin diapers. Please, please, please. He's running around the house like, candy, candy. Please, sir. Can I have some more candy? Jesus Christ. All right. Since we're talking about stories, here's one for Jeff. Uh, Assuming he's still awake. You still awake over there, buddy? Oh, yeah, man. All right. Good. So a photograph from 19. Look at this photograph. (laughs) (laughs) Did not see that coming. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did not see that Jesus coming. Jesus Christ. So a photograph from 1943 <laughs> of genuine authentic- authenticity showing a scene of holidaymakers on Towen Beach in New Quay, Cornwall, was uploaded to Twitter on November 2018 by multimedia artist Stuart Humphreys, which was alleged by some viewers to show a time traveler operating an uh, anachronistic mobile yes, device correct such as a phone yeah i love these things these okay. are awesome this tweet was picked up by news outlets including fox news in the u.s and various tabloid newspapers in the uk such as the daily mirror you, what you eating over there buddy <laughs> yeah what's going on over there are you gonna share with everybody fuck no they're peach rings yeah you bastard <laughs> oh man you gotta watch your sugar yeah yeah yes you do You've been talking to Dr. Melissa again? <laughs> I'm looking out for you, bro. Oh, so fueled Thanks, by... Thanks, brother-in-law. They're, oh, this got weird. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the want-want button? <laughs> there it I, is. I was thinking more of the dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> so fueled by media websites such as Lad Bible, it gained global coverage via news outlets in Russia, Iran, Taiwan, Hungary, China, and Vietnam, amongst others. Humphreys, the original uploader, was quoted in these stories as dismissing the time travel theories. Uh, here's more on this from an article on Tech Blog. It says, quote, Stuart Humphreys posted an interesting colorized historical photo taken in September of 1943 at Towen Beach in New Quay, Cornwall, that appears to show a man in a brown suit using a mobile phone. British war workers escaped to the seaside. This Cornish beach was photographed. That's what it's called. The Cornish beach was uh, photographed in September of 1943. All right. So this is something that was taken supposedly in 1943 and someone's supposedly using a cell phone. I saw the it. picture. I, I think that's the one that I for, I didn't get on here. Okay. But so you have seen the picture? Yeah. yeah. Does it look legitimate? It there's looks like a, dude, a Nokia. <clears throat> there's a dude in a suit. Oh, geez. And he's like standing in the middle of a crowd and he's like, he's doing this. It looks like he would be like, if you were texting, he's like doing this. You can't really see what's in his hand, though. But the huh. weird thing is, like, the crowd, nobody's looking at it. And it's, like, blatantly right there. Are you looking at the picture? No. I got something better. So many on social media were quick to claim that this man had to be a time traveler, you know? And then uh, this guy says, quote, good catch. It's clearly the man in the shot is a the, the, clearly that he is a time traveling tourist checking his mobile device. Finally, the evidence we need that time travel is real. I feel all the sarcasm coming from this guy. We now see things in old photos that we missed before, but now we know they're phones. <laughs> and now we know that we have them. Said uh, this is Dr. Kevin Purcell, who's totally just got to be busting somebody's balls right now because I'm sure a doctor's like, you're full of shit, is what that sounds like to me. So, what the hell? <laughs> Why are, what the fuck is this? This is what it was on the phone. He was listening to Lionel Richie. Yeah, he's like, "Hello." <laughs> Jesus, me you're looking for. 
So let's talk about a time. times. Oh, Jesus. He knows the song. Here, of course he does. The, uh, here's the picture. I wrote it. So uh, Moody's actually showing me the picture right now. We'll make sure this picture is actually in the uh, the notes so everyone can actually check it out. Um, That's him on the beach. Okay, it, it couldn't be that he's just looking at, like, you know, maybe reading a small book. Well, that's, or, that's the thing. It's one of those, like, what's he doing? Was or he pocket Bibles. One of the suggestions that he's rolling a cigarette. It actually looks like one hand is above the other like this, and it looks like he is, like, definitely looking at something. Yeah, but, it, it looks like he's, like, doing one of these. How in the hell is that proof of time travel? Get the it's fuck just, out of here. It's one of, those, it's one of those pictures, like all the other ones. Like, there's a couple more. Right, right, see, which we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. So let's talk about time and physics. <laughs> Here we go, Jeffrey. Yeah, this is the stuff. Wake up, brush your teeth, put on a little makeup, motherfucker, because we're about to get into it. Why'd you leave the keys upon the table? <laughs> so time and physics is defined by its measurement. Time is what a clock reads. In classical non-relativistic uh, physics, it is a scalar quantity and like length, mass, and charge is usually described as a fundamental quantity. Time can be combined mathematically with other physical quantities to derive other concepts such as motion, kinetic energy, and time-dependent fields. Timekeeping is a complex uh, of technological and scientific issues and part of the foundation of record-keeping. Does that make sense, Chainsaw? I have no doubt. All right. So some theories, most notably special and general uh, relativity, uh, rel relativity. That made no sense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, suggest that suitable geometries in, of space-time uh, or specific types of motion in space might allow time travel into the past and future if these geometries and motions were possible. In technical papers, physicists uh, discuss the possibility of closed time-like curves, which are world lines that form closed loops in space-time, allowing objects to return to their own past. There are known to be solutions to the equations of general relativity. Relativity. What's with that word? Fuck you. Relativity yeah. that describes space times, which contain closed time-like curves, such as a Godel space time. By the physical plausibility of these solutions, uh, but but the physical plausibility is uh, uncertain. So that's kind of where you're at on this stuff. You're talking about space time and like the curves and time-like yes. things and stuff, right? Ripples. Ripples in time. Nipples. Nipples. Nipples in time. A slippery slope. Fucking, a slippery, a slippery <laughs> slope of nipples. There's nothing worse than a time nipple. <laughs> so many in the scientific community believe <laughs> that backward time travel is highly unlikely. That sucks. It doesn't say forward time travel, though, which is awesome. We'll get there. Yes. Any theory that would allow time travel would introduce potential problems of casualty. The classic example of a problem involving casualty is the grandfather paradox. What if one were to go back in time and kill one's own grandfather before one's father was conceived? Some physicists, such as uh, Novikov and Deutsch, uh, suggested that these sorts of temporal paradoxes can be avoided through the Novikov self-consistency principle or to a variation of the many worlds in, uh, interpretation with interacting worlds. So we've all seen the movie where you, you the paradoxes where you can't, Right, you can't interface and, uh, with the, your, your, your sports almanac. Your former self, me and Jeff, right. time, me, the sports almanac. Yeah, right. Me and Jeff are actually discussing. You can't uh, change the, time. Me and right. Jeff are actually discussing the Novikov self consistency principle the other day. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, and, and how'd that go? Well, uh, the text message it, it about got as too well, long. about as well as you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. So, so it went well. No. Okay. <laughs> I was actually watching. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, what is that show on Netflix? I've been watching currently about the uh, the kids. Uh, oh right, that Umbrella one. Academy. One. Have you guys seen that? No, yes, I have. All right, so Umbrella Academy. It's actually um, 
one of the kids, uh, these are kids that were adopted that all have superpowers. It's like an X-Men ripoff, isn't it? Kind of, but it's way more like dark and just, it's just a, it's a great, the, uh, it's a great the show. Guy, it's really the, good. The main, like the lead singer dude from My Chemical Romance is the one that does that show. He's like the producer and shit. I would not want to watch that. I did though. not know that. Yeah. Well, that he gives has, me yeah. a little bit, I, honestly, it's, it's a great show. So anyway, the uh, <laughs> the one guy is actually a time traveler. That's his that's his thing. He can like jump through space and time like or whatever. Silver. Johnny Five. Yeah. And number five. Yeah, he's five. And so he has to go at this one certain point. Five's out there. He's a robot. He no, time uh, his name's five in the his show. Name's five. Oh. Yeah. So he has to go and confront his self and his self is older and it's, they, they start having paradox sickness. And so like, I guess symptoms of this paradox sickness are like sweating really bad. Um, flatulence. Flatulence is one. So they're sitting there talking all of a sudden uh-huh. you hear, yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." Erratic behavior, yeah. uh, homicidal tendencies are right. all all part of this thing, dude. It's it's fucking fantastic. So if you guys get a chance, it's really cool where they talk about this paradox sickness because that's what we're talking about right now. There anyway. is also, um, if any of you are familiar with Futurama, yes, they did uh, a couple episodes. It's technically not a D-ray because we're talking about time paradoxes. So they do, there's one episode where they go back in time and they end up in Roswell and it turns out that the, the alien and spaceship that crashed in Roswell was the people from the guys from Futurama. Oh, but really? Fry, Fry kills his own grandfather, but ends up banging his grandmother. So he is his own grandfather. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then they also do another episode where Bender keeps going back in time. Cause there's a time code. There's like a, uh, a, um, what's it called? The fucking, uh, Zeros and ones, the fucking um, binary. Binary. It's a binary hey. time code. Look at this fucking guy. Jeez. Wow. Good job. The chainsaw um, over there. So he keeps going back in time, and they have this whole thing about time paradoxes and like how like there's like no there's no way like basically like a time paradox will destroy itself and all this kind of shit. Right. Right. It's really cool, man. Yeah. It's and, and and it's honestly, all based it's all based in reality, which is the cool part. Absolutely. So let's talk about Galileo. Galileo Galilee, which I fucked his name up earlier, and I apologize to the ghost. Galileo of, was pissed. Yeah, he's so upset. So in fifteen eighty three, Galileo discovered that a pendulum's harmonic motion has a constant period, which he learned by timing the motion of a swaying lamp in harmonic motion at a at mass at the uh, Cathedral of Pisa with his pulse. All right. In his two new sciences. Galileo used a water clock to measure the time taken for a bronze ball to roll a known distance down an inclined plane. And this clock was, quote, oh boy, a large vessel of water placed in an elevated position to the bottom of this vessel was soldered a pipe of small diameter, giving a thin jet of water. Again, we're talking about fucking water again. Anyway, which was collected in a small glass during the time of each descent, whether for the whole length of the channel or for part of its length. The water thus collected was weighed after each descent on a very accurate balance. The differences and ratios of these weights gave us the differences and ratios of the times. And, the, and this was such accuracy that although the operation was repeated many, many times, there was no appreciable discrepancy in the results. So, again, these guys way fucking smarter than we are back in the 15 fucking hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that's how he started figuring this whole fucking shit out. So Galileo's experimental setup to measure the literal flow of time in order to describe the motion of a ball preceded Isaac Newton's statement in his Prince Principia Principia Principia. That's what I said. Fuck off. You heard me. You didn't sound too sure. (laughs) Was not at all. (laughs) It says, I do not define time, space, place uh, and motion as being well known to all. 
and the Galilean transformations assume that time is the same for all reference frames. All right, so Galileo, he's kind of the man. He's the one that was bringing his shit to the forefront. And he had bronze balls. Fucking Galileo. And he had bronze balls. So now let's talk about Sir Isaac Newton and his linear time. He's the guy that uh, invented fig newtons. I don't think that's correct. Absolutely correct. The apple fell on his head. He crushed it up and made fig newtons. That's the commercial. Google it, John. That's that's not real? I I thought commercials had to be real. They weren't allowed to put fake stuff on there. You're right, Moody. Same with the internet. Correct. It's all real. Oh, it's all, all real. Right, yeah. yeah, it's all Fine. real. All right, I mean, that. Activia doesn't lie. That's a commercial that tells the truth. Activia. Oh, that one tells way the truth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so in or around 1665, when Isaac Newton derived the motion of objects falling under gravity, the first clear formulation for mathematical physics of a treatment of a time began. Linear time conceived, conceived as a universal clock. Linear time, that would be anything falling down, correct? No, linear time is just fucking time. Just straightforward time. Time, yeah. That's what I said. Linear time. That's what I said. Right. God, Moody, catch up. So he says. I love ketchup. (laughs) I fucking love ketchup. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I fuck. Anyway. So. Remember Cleveland ketchup? Remember remember when they were putting out Cleveland ketchup? That spicy ketchup? I don't remember that at all. Oh, wow. You're weird. Was that what? How old was it? That might have been like 1860. That was like the 1800s. It was only 10 years ago. When you were seven. Gather round, gather round. <laughs> Cleveland ketchup is a new banger. I want to hear about Cleveland ketchup because I have no idea. So it says here, it says absolute true in mathematical time of itself and from its own natural flows. Equably? Equably? Equably. Yeah. Without regard. Shut up, Jeff. Without regard to anything external and by another name is called duration. Relative apparent in common time is some sensible and external, whether accurate or un, un, unequi, un, unequivocal. Unequivocal. Thank you. Measure of duration by the means of motion, which is commonly used instead of true time, such as an hour, a day, a month, a year. Okay. Do we get that? Do we, do we get that? Even though I fucked up the word? Si, senor. Okay. Yes. So the water clock mechanism described by Galileo was engineered to provide laminar flow of the water during the experiments, thus providing a constant flow of water for the durations of the experiments and embodying what Newton called duration. So if it's a consistent flow of water, it's duration, correct? Of course. Thank you. In this section, all right, the relationships listed below treat time as a parameter which serves as an index to the behavior of the physical system under consideration because Newton's fluence um, treat a linear flow of time, what he called mathematical time, Time could be considered to be a linear... Fucking hell. I knew that was going to fuck me up. Linearly. There it is. Linearly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Words. I love words. Linearly uh, varying parameter and abstraction of the march of the hours on the face of a clock. Calendars and ship's logs could then be mapped to the, uh, the march of hours, days, months, years, and centuries. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning, every morning. T- today I graduated from Boy Scouts, and now I signed up on the Patreon.com for the midnight train bonus content, and I'm gonna go ask a girl out tonight. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous. But because I listened to the Midnight Trade Patreon content, they actually walked through and helped me 
to land Susie. I hope she says yes. Because if she doesn't, I I'm going to cry. So that's when I was like, listen, but now we would return. You're going to fucking die if you do your my regularly did scheduled die? program. Did guys, did hey, 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 he yeah, it dude, was guys, what? Whoa. Oh, sorry. We're. Oh, guys, got to figure that shit out, man. I, sorry. My bad. The light. We it's need like the, the light. third episode that you've done. I, I didn't say Can we anything. just get back to Einstein, please? So unprofessional. I swear. Einstein. We're talking about Einstein. Okay. Now we're talking about, or we're still talking about Einstein Fuck. and time travel. So the theory of special relativity. First of all, Einstein proved that time is relative. A very different opinion from Newton, who claimed that time is absolute. But which one was right? Who was the right one? In a battle, who would have fucking won? That would have been an amazing battle. Dude, Einstein, like celebrity death match. Einstein, Einstein versus, versus Newton. Yeah. That'd be amazing. So how did Einstein sustain his theory? His theory says that when you move through space-time at the speed of light, time goes slower for you than for others. Okay? So, for example, traveling with a very fast spaceship, one person would get older by only a few seconds, whereas another who is on Earth by, you know, by a, a month or years. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that part make sense? Okay. It is said that the faster we travel, the slower time passes. Okay. And in 1905, Einstein explained in his, this theory, time space as a fourth dimension. <gasps> yes. <laughs> you were that movie. So in a, to, uh, to prove his theory, in 1975, Carol Alley made an experiment at the University of Maryland. Two clocks were... Actually, this is actually really cool. So two clocks were synchronized, and one was placed on an airplane and another in the laboratory. When the clock that was placed on the aircraft returned after a few hours of flight, it was seen to be a fraction of a second faster than the clock that remained in the laboratory. Okay, so this is an experiment on a small scale, but what if the clock was placed on a spaceship that flew at the speed of light? Einstein claims that for a time travel journey to be successful, you would need to be able to travel at the speed of light. So according to his theory, Einstein claims that traveling at a, at a, a speed close to the speed of light will slow the time. Reaching the speed of light will stop time. And it, if it will, um, if it will be ever, if it will ever be possible to pass the speed of light, time will reverse. All right. So this is Einstein. So it's all, dun, dun. It's all based on the speed of light. Right. So general relativity here, uh, Einstein's theory. So general relativity, let's talk about that. Time travel uh, to the past is theoretically possible in certain general relativity uh, space-time um, geometries that permit traveling faster than the speed of light, such as cosmic strings, transversible wormholes, and... <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that is. Alcubierre drives? Is that is that is that, is that the word? Alcubierre? Yeah. Alcubierre yeah. drives. Okay. And of course, we all know what Alcubierre drives Absolutely. are. Right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, the Romulans have it. Right, right. So the theory of general <laughs> relativity does suggest a scientific basis for the possibility of backward time travel in certain unusual scenarios, although arguments from semi-classical gravity suggest that when quantum effects are incorporated into general relativity, these loopholes may be closed. These uh, semi-classical arguments led Stephen Hawking, we know Stephen Hawking, he's a lot smarter than we are too. He's dead. Yeah. To formulate the chronology, he did. He, he did. <laughs> I we, need, he did. we need that sound. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I say you, he did. I say you, he did. <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> but is he though? Fuck. How do you know he didn't download his brain and put it in a computer? That's he probably really did. Controlling everything. Dude, that's what Elon Musk is trying to do now. Yeah, he probably did. Well, so anyway, he led uh, to formulate the chronology protection uh, conjecture, suggesting that the fundamental laws of nature prevent time travel. But physics or physicists cannot come to a definitive judgment 
on the issue without a theory of quantum gravity to join quantum mechanics and general relativity into a completely unified theory. Does anyone else's brain hurt yet? No, that's what causes a quantum yes. leap. They okay. just basically what it's saying is that there's a bunch of people that have different thoughts and none of them can come together to create a unified theory. The thought is that if you could create a unified theory, basically you would understand everything. Yes. And nobody can figure it out. Correct. And this there's is for you guys theory. out there. Unless look, we we hear all over the computer. We here at the Midnight Train are not scientists. No one pretends to be. But and we're if, not doctors. If if by chance you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like a physicist or something along those lines, please tell us how badly we're butchering this. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Also, I, I found that. out what an Alkiberry drive is. Okay, what is it? it? Is the it says the Alkiberry drive or warp drive or the Alkiberry metric is a speculative idea based on a solution of Einstein's field equations as proposed by theoretical physicist Miguel Alcuberi, by which a spacecraft could achieve apparent faster-than-light travel if a configurable energy density field lower than that of a vacuum could be created. So, Star Trek. Star Wars. That's what R2 fixed, and they got the fuck it out says, of there. The warp drive. Yep. It says, rather than exceeding the speed of light within a local reference frame, the spacecraft would traverse distances by contracting space in front of it and expanding space behind it. There you go. Star Trek. Yeah. The Enterprise. See, if we just had watch, to get it from somewhere, if man. If we watch more Star Wars and Star Trek, I think everyone would be a lot better off. I think, y'all, yeah, I think yeah. everyone would be surprised at how much of that shit is based in real life. Right, absolutely. Lightsabers. <laughs> I want one so bad. Well, that'd be sweet. Oh, yes. <laughs> so the theory of general relativity um, describes the universe under a system of field equations that determine the metric or distance function of space-time. That's what they were just talking about. Right. There, uh, there exist uh, exact solutions to these equations that include closed time-like curves, which are world lines that intersect themselves. Some people in the, uh, or some point in the casual future of the world line is also in its uh, casual past, right? Causal past. Causal. Causal. Past. Causal past. A situation that can be described as time travel. Such a solution was first proposed by Kurt Gödel, a solution known as the Gödel metric. But his and other solutions um, requires the universe to have physical characteristics that it does not appear to have, such as rotation and lack of Hubble expansion. Uh, whether general relativity forbids closed time-like curves for all realistic conditions is still being researched. So that's pretty fucking cool. I mean, if you think about all this right now. So basically what they're saying is, is right now we don't have those conditions. But if, just if those conditions were right, then you would be able to bend time and or time travel. Right. This is mostly for backwards time travel. Right. Going so, back in time. Correct. <laughs> when we know all you need is some plutonium, a lightning strike, and a DeLorean. Right. And yes. a one Dr. Emmett Brown. Correct. Dr. Brown. Yes. So Einstein's theory was confirmed in 1919 when during a solar eclipse, astronomers measured the curving of a starlight uh, of starlight around the sun. One more time in 1922, during another sun eclipse, confirmed Einstein was right and he became famous worldwide. Even today, flights are based on his theory. So flights all kind of go off the curvature and, you know, everything that he's done. Right. Instead of going, basically, instead of going around the flights, like say you, you need to go from here to here on a globe, you don't go like this. You go like this. No, right. no, you're wrong. And for all the viewers out there, I'm glad you caught that. that. That's absolutely wrong. No, it's not. Yes. 
Is it wrong? Yes. Why is that? Because I the guarantee Earth you it's not wrong. Is flat. Oh, we forgot the Earth's flat. That's right. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you better not, because he's your family now. <laughs> yeah, brother. Doesn't mean I have to like him. That's true. <laughs> you do at Christmas. No, yeah, no. you can pretend. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you can't so, make me. <laughs> so researchers today say that they have detected gravitational waves coming from two wormholes that crashed together, located at a distance um, 1.3 billion light years away. And I actually heard about this recently. That this yeah. just took place. Yep. And physicists say that it is difficult to succeed in time travel because in our world, the laws of physics are not pushed to the limit. But if we could break these laws, time travel would be possible. Again, it's the certain, it's having something and just being able to get it that one little thing to work the correct way. And then all of a sudden, boom, we got this. You know what I mean? Yep. Can I go back in time and hit myself in the head with a two by four and not make those mistakes? Um, we could we could do that for you right now. Yeah, we 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 can hit you now and make sure you don't make future mistakes. Mm, well, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You got to be careful. There's one mistake in particular I'd like to take back. Oh, yeah. I understand that being but... being born. Oh my god, almost. Oh, <laughs> he's got to be careful though, because if he goes back, I mean, you don't want a dinosaur popping out of nowhere and eating him. <laughs> I've seen Jurassic Park, and it's pretty gnarly, dude. <laughs> He misses his cave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about breaking the rules here. So many physicists have tried to violate Einstein's theories or to quote unquote break the rules. Marion Scully on uh, Lejeune Wang. Gun- Agent Scully. Agent Scully. <laughs> Lejeune Wang, Gunter Nimps, and Alphonse Stahlhofen are some of those na- names who... <laughs> why what is that funny? Hell? That's his name. I just love hearing you pronounce it. Could you imagine him at Starbucks? <laughs> I am Muffin. Your your mocha frappuccino's ready. Me, me and my mustache would like a mocha frappe. <laughs> do, you, do you have a stir stick? <laughs> Hold on one second. My mustache has a question. Do you have a stir stick? Yes, that's great. So some of those names are uh, you know who claim that they have actually succeeded in violating oh, these theories shit. in Einstein's theory. So the last two at the University of Koblenz transmitted photons at a speed faster than the speed of light. So the photons traveled into the past. Ludicrous speed. Correct. <laughs> They've we, gone plaid. <laughs> we will not discuss each one because it is just pure science, physics, and calculus. And it would, you know, honestly, first of all, bore the shit out of everybody. But it would take the mind such as Einstein to understand it. And uh, none of us here. Try me. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Based on all right, dude. Yeah, if you want it. <laughs> so based on Einstein's theories, the novelist H.G. Wells wrote the novel The Time Machine, and that's the movie The Chainsaw was talking about. And physicists think that he was really on to something. Chainsaw wasn't talking. He's talking about the time traveler's wife. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't horrible. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. I don't even it's know what that bad. is. The time traveler's wife. It's I, like a notebook movie or I whatever. I think that was uh, Sandra. Was that the one with Sandra Bullock? And no, no, no. I'm You're thinking. looking at me like I would know this. <laughs> anyway. So Einstein's equation E equals MC squared <laughs> proves that time travel into the past is possible. Uh, theoretically, and scientists say that if it's if it is still impossible for us to put into uh, practice, it doesn't mean that time travel is impossible. Just because we can't do it yet doesn't mean that we can't do it eventually. I'll drink to that. Yes. So Stephen Hawking says about oh, Einstein's yeah. theories that to travel with a uh, with a speed faster than light is almost impossible, at least in our world. And if time travel will ever be possible that um, the past will make you stop. So in other words, everything we've done in the past is going to say, stop it. Fuck yourself. 
So the laws of physics are made not to allow us to change the past. Think about that real quick. If your brain's not hurting enough, think about that. That's actually a really cool saying. So we could break yeah. the speed of sound, but not light. That's correct. Really fast. We, cannot, we cannot, as of this point, travel the speed of light. Yeah. I like how you said as of this point. Oh, I don't right. know. It's going to happen. You never eventually. know, man. It will. It'll happen eventually. I'll tell you who won't do it. You know who's going to do it? I'll tell you who won't do it. Not that, not your that boy. guy. Who's yep. your boy? I'm going to send him. You know what I'm going to start <laughs> doing? I'm going to start sending fan letters to Elon Musk in his name. So he thinks that Jeff Butchko is his biggest fan. Let's get him on the show. Me, me, me. I'm going to fan. <laughs> I'm going to make you a total like fanboy for him. And he's going to. It's gonna be Jeff's awesome. looking at you yeah. with such detest right now. It's going to be so good. I'm going to get like a life-size printout and <laughs> use it for my AR-15 target practice. <laughs> Jeff. Can I, is Jeff here? Yeah. <laughs> Just tell, tell him it's Elon Musk. Hello, Jeff. Elon. He doesn't talk like this that. He talks like a Muppet. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff, let's talk about wormholes. Ooh. All right, yeah, let's talk about some uh, some cool shit. Here. I mean, I'm beating a dead horse with Interstellar, but let's yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. it. Let's go. So wormholes are a hypothetical warped space time permitted by the Einstein field equations of general relativity. A proposed time travel machine using a traversable wormhole would hypothetically work in the following way. One end of the wormhole is accelerated to some significant fraction of the speed of light, perhaps with some advanced propulsion system or something, and then brought back to the point of origin. Alternatively, another way is to take one entrance of the wormhole and move it within the gravitational field of an object that has higher gravity than the other entrance, and then return it to a position near the other entrance. Okay, so exactly what happened in the movie. So let's let's just pause that real quick. So if you wormhole here, like explain what we're talking about here, Moody. (laughs) <laughs> come on Moody. i had to call him out on that one real quick yeah, I, yeah you go through it and you end up somewhere else right yeah. so basically if it's like if uh, talking about gravitational fields and stuff like, like event that horizon great movie where they go through a wormhole no, the, the perfect explanation they have a gravity drive and they bend space time they fold space so they can go through a wormhole and get to the other side faster Except they end up in hell you're cutting time out spoiler spoiler alert they end up in hell so the, the yeah. best metaphor or or explanation is in a bunch of movies and TV shows is where they take a piece of paper, fold it. You got point a, poke a point B it. that's like what? Six, seven, eight inches apart. <laughs> you poke a hole in the middle and you fold it together. So you get from a to B right. without doing the six. Well, you or don't eight even inches. have to, you actually, you don't even have to do that. You can just fold it and poke the hole through right. it. And but essentially that is right. what a black hole right. or a that's wormhole exactly is. what they do. That's in the event hypothetically horizon. what it is. Yeah. So oh, you mean hypothetically gravity. That's drive. what it is. Oh, okay. Sorry, Jeff. So for both these methods, time dilation causes the end of the wormhole that has been moved. We're, we're so stupid <laughs> to have aged less. Listen, when the I promo- only science we know is from when movies. I talk to about our, our people about our podcast, I make sure they understand that we are idiots. I always make sure that they understand. Like, yeah, we're okay, three idiots. To be, to be clear, there's two idiots and myself. No, there's three idiots in here. I mean, if they can't tell from I the test very well, if they can't tell from the intros, <laughs> I test well. So anyway, so the time dilation is talking about um, that wormhole that it's been moved and to have aged less or become younger than the stationary end as seen by an external observer. However, time connects different uh, differently through the wormhole than outside it so that synchronized clocks at either end of the wormhole will always remain synchronized as seen by an observer passing through the wormhole, no matter how the two ends move around. This means that an observer entering the younger end would exit the older end at a time when it was the same age as the younger end. 
effectively going back in time as seen by an observer from the outside. Okay, which actually makes sense to me. It's like a loop. Yeah, it's a loop. Right. It's, so you it's, get out it's, of the loop, you continue from where you started. Right, and that's that's typically what it is. All right. Uh, one significant limitation of such a time machine is that it is only possible to go as far back in time as the initial creation of the machine. In essence, it is more of a path through time than it is a device that that itself moves through time, and it would not allow the technology itself to be moved backward in so time. Basically, you're stopping time. You can't go before you started well it's and the you right, can't go before right. you end you're going past where you you're ended. basically going back to where you started you're right. essentially and freezing going. and the machine is just a vessel the machine technically is not it doing this it's it's the calculations and everything that are correct and the the gravitational pull and the gravitational this or whatever that is wormhole. all right is the wormhole right? right the wormhole does it the, the the device itself doesn't do shit right right okay so according, wow. <laughs> chainsaws. I can see smoke coming out of his ears right now. He's he's like, what the I'm fuck? I'm still stuck at the earth. It gets it gets yeah. into well the next the next section I think talks about how to like try to make wormholes and stuff like that. So so according can to we make one here. Maybe we could try. We've done a seance here. Why couldn't we make a wormhole? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah that was successful. Too. Yeah. Nope. 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 <laughs> so according to current theories on the nature of wormholes, construction of a traversable wormhole would require the existence of a substance with negative energy often referred to as exotic matter, uh, exotic matter, excuse me. More technically, the wormhole space-time requires a distribution of energy that violates various energy conditions, such as the null energy condition, along with the weak, strong, and dominant energy conditions. However, conditions. Right. However, it is known that quantum effects can lead to small, measurable violations of the null energy condition, and many physicists believe that the required negative energy may actually be possible due to the Casimir effect in quantum physics. Although early calculations suggested that a very large amount of negative energy would be required, later calculations showed that the amount of negative energy can be made arbitrarily small. So, so to me, with this, what what I'm listening. Really, and, and all again, we need is Jeff because he's got a fuckload of negative energy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But what That's I'm getting what I'm from saying. this, what so I'm getting get him in this, touch with Elon Musk, fucking wormhole, dude. Right there, there, it is. What I'm getting from it though is that as as we progress. Like I just said, like, you know, we're always changing things. We're always advancing. You right. Know what I mean, so eventually something like this could technically take place. Okay. Right. Well, because, yeah, originally they thought that you would need an inordinate amount of negative energy. And now they're saying that it's it's very arbitrary. Right. And small. Right. So in 1993, Matt Visser argued that the, uh, the two months of a wormhole. Mouse. Uh, mouse. <laughs> mouse <laughs> of a wormhole. Uh, with such an induced clock difference could not be brought together without inducing quantum field and gravitational effects that would either make the wormhole collapse or the two mouse repel each other. Because of this, the two mouse could not be brought close enough for casual, uh, casualty violation to take place. However, in a 1997 paper, Visser hypothesized that a complex Roman ring named after Tom Roman uh, configuration of an end. Tom Roman. Of Tom course. Roman. You know that's old man Roman's Tom son. Roman. Duh. Everyone knows him. Configuration of an end number of wormholes arranged in a symmetric polygon could still act as a time machine. Although he concludes that this is more likely a flaw in classical quantum gravity theory rather than proof that casualty violation is possible. All right. So let's talk about a story. You guys want to hear a story? Want to hear a story? Sure. Here, it is. Here we go. Yeah. All right. So. Let's talk about the Moberly Jordan incident. I'm sorry, the Moberly in uh, Jordan incident. Not okay. that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh no. I know. I know. I know. It's scary. I know. So in 1901, two English women, Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jordan, took a vacation to France. 
All right. Yeah. Yes, here goes the... Yeah. We, we come from France. <laughs> While they were there, they visited the Palace of Versailles uh, because, you know, uh, that's... Nope, you got to say it like a Frenchman. <sighs> Versace. The Palace of Versailles. <laughs> Versailles. It's Versailles. It's Versailles, Versailles, whatever. Shut up. I am from France. You are not. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Because so do the whole thing. Because I am French. Do the whole thing in French. God damn it. Because, you know, that's what one does when one visits France. And while they were at Versailles, they visited what's known as the Petit Trianon, a little chateau on the palace grounds that Louis the Holy Shit, what is that? 16th? Yes. Okay, Louis the Sixteenth gave to Marie Antoinette as a private space for her to hang out and do whatever it is the teenage queens did when she was relaxing back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you like that? But while they were there, they claimed they saw some odd occurrences. Very odd occurrences. They said they spotted people wearing an anachronistic clothing. So that means like against the Christ, right? Yes. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> They said they spotted people wearing anachronistic clothing. Like I said, heard mysterious voices and saw buildings and other structures that were no longer present <laughs> and indeed hadn't existed. Since the late 1700s, finally said they caught sight of Marie Antoinette herself drawing in a fucking sketchbook. Holy shit. Draw me like one of your girls, Jack. <laughs> they claimed to have fallen into a time slip. And been briefly transported back more than 100 years before being jolted back to the present by a tour guide. Did they really travel back in time? Who knows? Hopefully, we'll discuss this one a bit more on the next episode. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. Every Yo, if you ain't a Patreon subscriber, you're missing all the VIP access and bonus content, yo. What are you doing? Hey, yo, DJ Caboose, hit me off something. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, What you say? So you listen to the episode, you got the information. But the episode is over, now you're devastated. Now you gotta wait another seven days. But wait, what if I told you there's another way? From the itsy bitsy key of a loaf of bread, you can get more and more and more. Train on Patreon.com. Let's go, motherfuckers. Time to sing along. But now we return so Jeff, to your you regularly scheduled program. I burnt, burnt it off. You burnt the whole thing off? Yo. Yeah, the hey. whole thing. Yo. Shit. Hey, what's up? We'll, Guys, we'll do edit. not do not hear the. We'll, we'll edit it out. Don't worry about it. That's so rude. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We'll edit that. So until recently, <laughs> most studies on time travel are based <laughs> upon classical general relativity. Coming up with quantum version uh, with a quantum version of time travel requires us to figure out the uh, the time evolution equations for density states in the presence of closed time like curves, which is known as the CTC. You got that, Jeff? Yeah, I got C it. The CTC. Duh. Again, we were talking about this right. the other day, Jeff. Which is funny because you were talking about Novikov, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So Novikov have actually conjectured that once quantum mechanics is taken into account, self-consistent solutions always exist for all time machine configurations and initial conditions. However, it has been noted such solutions are not unique in general in violation of determinism 
Unitarity, unitarity, <laughs> unitarity, and linearity. Linearity. Say that word. Linearity. That's what I said. Linearity. I know. I was just reiterating. Thank you. I appreciate that. The application of self-consistency <laughs> to quantum mechanical time machines has taken eight as two, uh, two main routes. Novikov's rule applied to the density matrix itself gives the Deutsch prescription. Applied instead to the state vector, <laughs> the same rule gives non-unitary non physics with a dual description in terms of post-selection what do you think his prescription was for um was he scratching crabs I don't know. that's what i'm saying like he's just straight up crabs crabs just, just i mean jump, those jump right out with it physicists right. like to get around dude yeah you think so they, dude, they that dude, some deutsch, deutsch got so much badge it's incredible <laughs> vegetarian and i don't drink <laughs> So let's talk about no communication, the, the no communication theorem. So when a signal is sent from one location received in another location, then as long as the signal is moving at the speed of light or slower, the mathematics of sim, uh, simultaneity, yep. simultaneity, right? Yep, 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 in the yep. theory of relativity show that all reference frames agree that the transmission event happened before the reception event. Okay. Correct. That means you sent it, then it got received. Correct. So it happens as long as it's traveling slower than the speed of light. It got the there. transmission is right. before the reception. Right. So they were texting. It, it could be yeah, there any, you go. yeah, any kind there of thing. Yeah. Anything. So when the signal travels faster than light, it is received before it is sent in all reference frames. So the signal could be said to have moved backward in time. This hypothetical scenario is sometimes referred to as a tachyonic. Tachyonic, yes. Tachyomiani. The next one is the one you got to worry about. Antitelephone. Oh, okay. So it's referred okay. to as a tachyonic antitelephone. Okay. <clears throat> of course. So quantum mechanical phenomena such as quantum teleportation, the EPR paradox, or quantum entanglement might appear to create a mechan me mechanism mechanism that allows for faster than light. Thank you. Which is FTL. So if anyone refers to FTL, that's what it is. Faster than light. Communication or time travel. And in fact, some interpretations of quantum mechanics, such as the Bohm interpretation, presume that some information is being exchanged between particles instantaneously in order to maintain correlations between particles. This effect was referred to as, quote, the spooky action at a distance by Einstein. Do you remember we were talking about that, Jeff? You you asked me what the spooky action was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how you sounded while we were talking. So nevertheless, the fact that casualty, uh, uh, casualty, I don't know why I keep saying causality. Casualty. That's what I said. Is preserved in quantum mechanics as rigorous result in modern quantum it's field theories. So and therefore, <laughs> modern, dude, my brain is like hurting right now. It's like... <laughs> And uh, therefore, modern theories do not allow for time travel or FTL communication. What's FTL stand for? Focus the laser. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stands for faster than light. Just seeing if you're paying attention. Focus the laser. <laughs> In any specific instance where FTL has been claimed, more detailed analysis has proven that to get a signal, some form of classical communication must also be used. The no communication theorem also gives a general proof that quantum entanglement cannot be used to transmit information faster than classical signals. What about the ill communication? I think that has something to do with platinum. Yeah. I think Ma Bell's got the ill communication. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so interacting um, many worlds in, in the interpretation here. So let's, let's discuss this whole thing here. So, uh, oh boy. First of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's getting deep. But don't worry. Just, wait, wait till the just end of the now it's getting deep. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. getting deep. 
I have I have something I have something for everybody at the end of the episode. Just, just wait till the tight. end of the episode. Listen, if you if you're still with us out there, and I hope you really are, just wait till the end of the episode. I hope you all are wearing boots because it's really deep. In yeah, it's super deep. So a variation of Hugh Everett's Many Worlds interpretation, also known as the MWI of quantum mechanics provides a resolution to the grandfather paradox that involves the time traveler arriving in a different universe than the one they came from. Shit, now we're talking about multiverse, man. Multi-universe. So Bill and Ted take Rufus's word, get in the phone booth, and they end up in a multi-universe. It could be. Instead of going to the, like, instead of going to the, uh, the old west of our time in our universe, it could actually be going to a different universe's old west. That right there is another episode that we should jump into is multi-universes because that shit is fucking insane. If you think this one's fucked up, that multiverse. One, that shit's Are fucked up. Are my ears up. bleeding? It, this almost. Shit's fucking hurt it, almost. It's probably yeah. where reptilians right. came from. <laughs> could be. You never know, man. They so got it, all kinds of shit. It's been argued that since the Traveler arrives in a different universe's history and not their own history, that this is not a genuine, it's not genuine time travel. So therefore, the paradox does not it's not there anymore because they have different you're universes. on a different timeline so you can go kill your grandpappy in a different universe and you'd right. be fine so you're not on the same timeline that like when you were born so you could go back and you're in a different timeline on a different you know so how do you know you're on a different timeline? kill your grandpa <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's the, son of a bitch. <laughs> i guess that's the only way to find out yeah so be the, like fry and become your own grandpa there you go no no just kill him and then if you're still there then you know you know yeah you're good yeah. you're good to go but you're not coming back from that one if All you're wrong yeah, right yes. yeah you better, you better yeah you better hope you better you're right hurry up and find your grandma right <laughs> <laughs> so the accepted many worlds interpretation suggests suggests that all possible quantum events can occur in mutually exclusive histories however some variations allow different universes to interact this concept is most often used in science fiction but some physicists such as david deutsch we talked about right. before. He had the crabs. Right. He had the crabs with his prescription. Correct. Have suggested that a time traveler should end up in a different history than the one he started from. On the other hand, Stephen Hawking has argued that even if the uh, MWI is correct, we should ex- expect each time traveler to experience a single self-consistent history so that time travelers remain within their own world rather than traveling to a different one. Okay. So these guys obviously should just fucking duke it out if they were both still alive. Can you imagine sitting here listening to this and understanding every fucking word? God, I hope somebody out there does. <laughs> Is there both shaking their heads? No. I need a fucking shot. I read, I read a it's lot. Right there. I read a lot of shit on this. And it like we could have gone on for fucking days with the still like alternate theories and all this crap. I'm so I, glad you didn't. There, there was I literally I got to a point where I'm like, I gotta stop. This is all we're doing. Fuck it. Okay, but so going further with this, the physicist Alan uh, Everett argued that Deutsch's approach, quote, involves <sighs> modifying fundamental principles of quantum mechanics. It certainly goes beyond simply adopting the MWI. Everett also argues that even if Deutsch's approach is correct, it would imply that any macroscopic object composed of multiple particles would be split apart when traveling back in time through a wormhole with different particles emerging in different worlds. So think about that part. Yeah, that's I was that's reading, pretty fucking cool, to be I was, honest. I was reading something about Never that. Never thought about that. Basically, what they a lot of people are saying, a lot of these guys are saying is that even if we could travel back in time, like the human body itself would Wouldn't not have- survive the trip. So can you imagine like you just wind up in like five different 
like <laughs> realities of your own your arms over yeah, here your arms your here your head's here yeah i don't think you'll be alive anymore is pretty much someone so, just walking down the street gets fucking whacked with a random right. arm out of the sky so we have something else here for jeff because oh, uh you know jeff loves the information on. he loves the information and he's uh he's he's still awake i'm so excited he's still awake so a bizarre photo of what appears to be a time traveler in 1970 has resurfaced online after scores of disbelievers have finally found a piece of, quote, evidence, which made them question the laws of physics. The photo taken more than 100 years ago in Canada portrays a, portrays a group of men, women and children sitting on the side of a hill of some sorts. But eagle eyed observers have noticed the photo stands out for a very particular reason. What appears to be a man straight out of the 20th century. The photo was discovered in Lester Ray Peterson's 1974 book, The Great Cape Scott Story. The Great Scott Story! <laughs> Great Scott! <laughs> a tale of the Canadian region's history. What has fascinated those who come across this photo is how of uh, how out of place the surfer man has, uh, uh, sorry, as some have called him, appears to be. He is wearing a very baggy t-shirt and shorts, sporting a modern windswept haircut, and is clearly at odds with everyone else around him. Looking closer at the people around, uh, around, the man to his left appears to be utterly stunned by his presence. Further to the right, a woman also appears to be pointing her hand at the supposed time traveler, leading many to speculate the man was out of place and out of his time. In fact, it almost looks as though he jumped right into the scene of as the photo was taken. YouTuber Jamie D. Grant found himself gobsmacked when he picked up the book and came across the mysterious photograph. In a YouTube video titled Time Travel Proof Found, Truth or Illusion, he says, quote, notice the group, their clothes, their hats, even how they sit poised for photo. Now look closer. His head uncovered, his hair, his shorts. The man on the left stares in disbelief. Has a mysterious traveler proved the uh, the impossible and journey through time? What do you think? In quote. So I'm looking at the picture right now. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are kind of like, you guys seen the picture right now? Yeah. This this dude's kind of like, what? Yeah, he's kind of like sketched out. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why would you photobomb? Like, if you're a time traveler, you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to photobomb. Because I'd be the, why wouldn't you photobomb? Is that just Seppi's, you know, sitting there staring at him like that? Look at his hat. Well, they're it's they're all very out of Pinocchio. They're looking at him very odd. It oddly. looks like he's holding yeah. his hand though, doesn't it? Like, look at the time traveler's hand goes down to yeah, the guy that's looking at him. It like does. he's holding hands. Maybe they're lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We'll def- we'll post that up for everybody and let them uh, make their own assumptions and send that back to us. So first gay marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so is time travel possible? All right. Indeed, we can jump forward into the future as much as we want. It's only a matter of going really, really fast. That's a quote from Paul Sutter, an astrophysicist at Ohio State University. Hey, Ohio State, go Buckeyes. The Ohio Sorry, State University. The Ohio State That's University. Right. I was just there today. I was by, yeah. And then uh, the faster you move through space, the slower you move through time. We've been able to measure this with ultra-precise atomic clocks and jet airplanes, and the precision offered by the GPS system needs to take this into account. Sci-fi always seems to require complicated contraptions to jump in time when all you need is a very large rock rock clock rocket <laughs> fucking hell holy shit all you need is a very large rock, rocket well, rock think clock. about it man if it's a big enough rock you can knock the motherfucker out for what that's right three weeks yeah that's true you know, so that's, that's true. time travel absolutely but You're in right. essence right. what they're actually saying though and, and it kind of makes sense though like if you can it basically, all you got to do is go fast. You got to break the, 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 the speed. faster. The yeah. faster you go, the slower time moves. Right. It's basically. So what if it you can, if to. you can beat the speed of light, then you're. Right. Very, they say if you go, 
If you can get to the speed of light, time essentially stops. If you go past the speed of light, it, it reverses. Down. Yeah. Here's a question. The closer you. you get to the speed of light, the slower time goes. Right. Do you think that this has happened and it's just covered up? Like, hey, do you think our hey, hold on, has- hold on, just listen. Oh, keep on listening, well. brother. Yeah. Maybe I went into the future and already saw it. Did it's happened. Go, just came back. maybe not on the scale you hope it would happen, but it, it right. just it, there's a little thingy thingamajigger in here. So this means that astronauts, for example, are already time travelers of a sort. That's because they go into space and live on the International Space Station, sometimes for months at a time. Yuri. Yuri. Yeah, Yuri. I wonder how he likes it up there. I'm sure he loves it up there. Haven't heard from him in a while. Maybe maybe we'll see if we can get a hold of him for the bonus episode. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. At a speed of about five miles a second, astronauts on the space station are moving faster than we are on Earth. This means that on the station, astronauts age just a tiny bit slower than they would on the planet's surface. And that's when astronaut Scott Kelly came back from a year in space. The age gap with his slightly older identical twin, Mark, widened by just a little bit. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? There's more. Yeah. And there's more. There's more. And so wait, there's more. (laughs) So serial ISS residents, Sergei Krikalev. I wonder if he knows Yuri. Which is, he probably does. Think they know each other? Yeah, they probably drink together. And the ISS for those out there, that's the International Space Station, sorry. Correct. Um, Sergei uh, Krikalev holds the record for the longest amount of time spent in space with 803 days, 9 hours, 39 minutes under his belt. The ISS travels at around 7.66 kilometers per second. Per second. When order or, or ordering, orbiting around Earth, and due to the high speed and length of time which he spent in space, the cosmonaut actually arrived back in Earth 0.02 seconds in the future, thanks to a process known as time dilation. That's badass. He so, traveled 0.2 seconds in the future, bro. Yeah, it only took him two and a half years. <laughs> right. So yes, essentially, time <laughs> travel that, is that. possible, and currently it does happen on very small scales. So that's pretty fucking cool that is awesome you know what i mean so let's talk about that thing he's we're just saying the time dilation here so time dilation is a difference in the elapsed time measured by two clocks either due to them having a velocity uh relative to each other or by there being a gravitational potential difference between their locations brains hurt yet no we're we're almost done okay almost done why doesn't the clock flush (laughs) hey man your clock won't flush because it's orange. <laughs> so after compensating for varying signal delays due to the changing distance between an observer and a moving clock, I the Doppler effect like that, the observer will measure the moving clock as ticking slower than a clock that is at rest in the observer's own reference frame. A clock that is close to a massive body, and which therefore is at a lower gravitational potential, will record less elapsed time than a clock situated further from the said massive body, and which is at a higher gravitational potential potential remember we were talking about mm-hmm. you've right. got to have that lower gravitational in there correct so that's fucking rude dude yeah what calling me a massive body like that man. <laughs> that's fucked up it's okay no one wants to get close to you so <laughs> we're okay except <laughs> your sister oh anyway <laughs> so these predictions of the theory of relativity have been repeatedly confirmed by experiment and they are of uh, practical concern for instance in the operation of satellite navigation systems such as gps and galileo time dilation has also been the subject of science fiction works as it technically provides the means for forward time travel 
Remember, we were talking before that, oh, you can't go yeah. back in time, but it sounds to me like we can go forward. So if you can't go back in time, but you can go forward in time, does that mean that you have to stay forward in time and can't come back into time? I would assume so. Your, so let me ask you this, though. Your, I, I think that's a valid ponder, question. Let's Honestly, ponder I think that's right. this for a second. There are those that believe time is cyclical, right? That you go forward, cyclical. that you'll go forward so far that you actually start over again. Right. Which so is what technically... We talk about. So technically, wouldn't that be traveling back in time? Because (laughs) exactly. If time is cyclical and you end up back in fucking the Middle Ages because you traveled so far ahead, is that back in time? So listeners, do you have a time should be infinite? Time should be infinite. It shouldn't go back. There should be no loop. It should just keep going. But there are people that think that time is cyclical. That it that it it comes back around. Right. So again though, these are ancient aliens. We'll Could never I, know unless we it, do it. There's Two actually valid questions. There is, I knew it. I knew yeah. there was a theory in the dark it's corner. Not a, I didn't put it in here because I didn't really want to get into it. We've but. talked about this where <laughs> I've said before that I that the whole theory that I was actually talking to someone this weekend about it. My theory or the theory that I heard that aliens are just us from the future. Right. Yeah. That that's that's wound their way back here. And that, and that makes I sense. I was actually reading an article about that exact thing that ancient aliens were actually us from the future. future. Yeah. And now the whole mask thing, and if you look at aliens and they, they don't have mouths and all this right. stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so pop pop goes the weasel is right. The, yo, you took a record and you looped it, you looped it. That sounds right. no, absolutely. <laughs> right? That yeah. sounds yeah. like sounds like bonus content to me, is what it sounds like. So fucking tits. Dude. There is a great deal of observable evidence for time dilation in special relativity and gravitational time dilation in general relativity. For example, in the famous and easy to replicate observation of atmospheric muon decay. What is that? Oh, that's easy. Mulan. Mulan. So the theory of relativity states that the speed of light is in invariant for all observers in any frame of reference. That is, it is always the same, right? Observers? I yeah, what I, was that word? Just the way you pronounced it. I said obs- observers. 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 Is it on the schedule? <laughs> was observers. Are saying Pam? Was it not right? Uh, on the right emphasis. on the sil- <laughs> Anyway, so time dilation is a direct consequence of the invariance of the speed of light. Time dilation may be regarded in a limited sense as, quote, time travel into the future. A person may use time dilation so that a small amount of proper time passes for them while a large amount of proper time passes elsewhere. This can be achieved by traveling at a relativistic, relativistic yes. speeds or through the effects of gravity. So basically, folks, what you're saying is like, you know what? You're fucking tired of COVID-19. You want it to be over. You die. You wait, dilate or dilute. It's dilation. Dilation. Yeah. So you, it'd be di- dilate yeah. some space. Right. And right. then you get to the point where it's over. Right. What? Wow. We'll be right back. After this message. Every morning. Every morning. Oh my god. Listen. Get on the Patreon.com and look up the Midnight Train Podcast. Just subscribe. It's like one white claw mango. You could easily do without the carbs and calories, Bethany. Just get on there, bitch. Sign up. God. But now we would return growling at the dog. The dog your regularly scheduled program. What the guys? And he tried to bite me, but stop. With I don't. 
I, that I, was his fault. This I time. don't know what's going on. I had there was the light and everything, and you guys still. That's what we should use. We should use that light right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, we just flip the, flip the switch? Watch what right. happens. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> oh, you can't well, reach yeah. it. Yeah, if you, yeah. Well, that's why. Well, that's what happened, Moody. You can't reach it. And well, you know, I'm old and I gained some weight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so for two identical clocks moving relative to each other without accelerating, each clock measures the other to be ticking slower. This is possible due to the relativity of simultaneity. Yes. Hey. Which, look at me. James Hetfield discussed in the hit song Frantic Tick Tick Talk. Tick, tick, tock. Anthrax also with uh, when they sang time, tick, tick, ticking in my head. Same yes, thing. Yeah. Yes. However, the symmetry is broken if one clock accelerates, allowing for less proper time to pass for one clock than the other. The twin paradox describes this. One twin remains on Earth while the other undergoes acceleration to rel- relativistic um, speed as they travel into space, turn around and travel back to Earth. The traveling twin ages uh, less than the twin who stayed on Earth because of the time dilation experienced during their acceleration. Which chainsaw yes. is exactly what happened to Millie Vanilli. Oh, is that what happened? Yes. <laughs> ah. Didn't I did not did not know that. Oh yeah, they blamed it on the rain, but oh. no, that's that's not what happened. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one. So general relativity treats the effects of acceleration and the effects of gravity as equivalent and shows that time dilation also occurs in gravity wells with a clock deeper in the well ticking more slowly. This effect is taken into account when calibrating the clocks on the satellites of the global positioning system, and it could lead to significant differences in rates of aging for observers at different distances from a large gravity well, such as, quote, the black hole. You don't want that black hole. That was yeah. racist. So before we uh, be, before we go any further than that, so is that saying that let's just say hypothetically that our a space station could actually get relatively closer to a black hole, black hole that has lower gravity and or a larger gravity well and lower gravity? Does that mean that those people there would be aging at a, a, a slower rate, Jesus slower Christ, rate than did we? Did any of you really watch Interstellar? Okay. Yes, that's like exactly what happens in the movie. Then you should know exactly what the fuck we're talking about. I and do. Quit acting like an idiot. <laughs> I do know exactly what we're talking about. Why aren't you do over you? here in this seat do doing you? this episode? I get it. Tell me then. Explain <laughs> it. It's just like the movie Interstellar. <laughs> no, 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 you son of a bitch. So, thank you. Good job, buddy. So a time so machine. A time See, machine. He can't handle it when you do the same shit to him that he does to you. <laughs> right, right. I'll speech round you. No! Not you, him. Oh, okay. So a time machine that utilizes this principle might be, for instance, a spherical shell with a diameter of five meters in the mass of Jupiter. Holy crap. A person at its center will travel forward in time. It's not Uranus. Oh, (laughs) there it is. Fucking dad joke. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm a dad. I love dad jokes. So you're right there. (laughs) Did somebody let the dog in here? Sounded like a a dog. Yeah. Yep. So squeezing the mass of a large planet into such a small structure is not expected to be within humanity's (laughs) technological capabilities in the near future. With current technologies, it is only possible to cause a human traveler to age less than uh, companions on Earth by a few milliseconds after a few hundred days of space travel. So in other words, it's like we're not there yet. That's basically what they were saying. That's basically that story about that guy who came back two seconds into the future or whatever it was. You may think the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds would get you their chainsaw, (laughs) but they won't. They just won't. They're not quite there yet. Then why do I keep trying? I mean, why do you you keep going to 
the right, CD man. <laughs> Those are song lyrics right there. <laughs> so listen, let's talk about one more time traveler for Sir Jefe over here. Okay, All what right? we got? What we got? This All is right. your favorite one, dude. Is it? So yeah. according to Wikipedia, you know we love Wikipedia. A photograph from 1941 of it a of genuine authenticity of the reopening of the South Fork Bridge in Gold Bridge, it's British Columbia was alleged to show a time traveler. It was claimed that his clothing and sunglasses were of the present day and not of the styles worn in the 1940s. By the way, this is like the most common one. If you ever YouTube or fall down a rabbit hole and look up time travel, this is the photo you see on if all you really, of them. If you want to pull it up real quick, I found out that people have dubbed him the time traveling hipster. Right, I've seen that. So further research suggested that the present day appearance of the man may not have been so new. The style of sunglasses first appeared in the 1920s. On first glance, the man is taken by many to be wearing a printed T-shirt, but on closer inspection, it seems to be a sweater with a sewn-in emblem, the kind of clothing often worn by sports teams of the period. The shirt is very similar to the one that was used by the Montreal Maroons, an ice hockey team from that area. Of course, you wouldn't know that one. I do. Yeah. <laughs> the, remainder, <laughs> the remainder of his clothing would appear to have been available at the time, though his clothes are far more casual than those worn by the other individuals in the, um, in the what? Oh, in the picture. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking at it, it you can see that it's a, uh, he's wearing just a regular like cardigan and then he looks like he has like a sweater underneath it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't well, think that personally, the I don't think that looks like a sweater underneath. That looks like a printed t-shirt to me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, no, no. The I problem with that the is, is you guys know how old I am. I was 47 back then. I was there. <laughs> I remember the guy just appearing out of nowhere. Right. Was he wearing That's, a life preserver? See, this is what we need. We need. We need from from the source right here. He That's was right. around back Concise then. We need to talk. Yep. We need more chainsaw input on. Yes, but we yes, don't want to right. exhaust him. You can only take a little bit at a time. You wouldn't want him to like. Over, right, the doctor overboard. said he needs a bachyotomy, so yeah. yes. don't want to unravel. What? <laughs> so debate centers, <laughs> kids. Debate centers on whether the image genuinely shows a time traveler has been uh, photo manipulated or is simply being mistaken as anachronistic. The time traveling hipster, you, as they you know, said that word a lot. Do you know what it means, Jim? I have no idea. So it became a uh, case study in viral internet phenomenon in museums, which was uh, presented at the museums and the web 2011 conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, so a lot of people think he's just a fucking time traveler. What do you guys think? I like to think that he's a time traveler. I told I, you, I know he's a time traveler. So just to, just to be clear, anachronistic means it's an adjective meaning belonging to a period other than that being portrayed. I kind of knew that. So if they say yeah. he's wearing anachronistic clothing, it means that, that it's not from that time period. Right. right. Yeah. I have a hard time buying that those sunglasses are from that time period. I really do. Well, no, they say, they said that those are ones that were made in the 1920s. I did so. see there is another one that you can see. There's a picture of a woman. <laughs> it's a woman wearing the same sunglasses in that time period. Really? I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could be a bullshit picture, though. I don't know. It's a side by side, so I don't know when. I the mean, other people were from. so strict with like moral code and all that stuff, and like how they presented themselves. Look, he's a fucking time traveler. All right, let's just call it. Okay. Bottom line. All right. So look, there you go. Unsolved mystery. We are not scientists, physicists, time travelers, doctors, or whatever it may be. We are actually making this a two-parter because obviously this shit gets pretty fucking heavy, as we've been able to see by this entire thing. Right. 
We wanted to roll out the science because while you can uh, discuss the stories of time travelers, we thought we would introduce you to the actual numbers and science behind the fun. Now, we understand that the episode to this point could be hard to understand, and we've had to, to wake Jeff up a couple times. So, <laughs> so to help maybe understand this stuff a little easier, um, we'll give you guys this quick article that is, um, it's <laughs> NASA. Say it, John. NASA made this. For kids. Yay! <laughs> I figured this might be easier for Jeff to understand. So for all you guys, hopefully you're still listening out there. We're going to break it down a little bit. Or should I say NASA's going to break it down. I like Toto's. So is time <laughs> is time travel possible? The short answer, although humans can't hop into time machine into a time machine and go back in time, we do know that clocks on airplanes and satellites travel at a different speed than those on Earth. We all travel in time. We travel one year in time between birthdays, for example, and we are all traveling in time at approximately the same speed. One second per second. What about daylight savings? Completely different. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. What are you doing? This is NASA talking to children. Shattering a theory. That's all. Okay. It has nothing to do with time. Yeah, it doesn't. It has everything to do with time. But but anyway, so NASA. What is true time without daylight savings? What is what? If daylight savings, you know, there's, wasn't, you know that there's places that don't use daylight savings time and they get along just fine. Right. So who is Phoenix, right? Arizona, and who is wrong? People who don't use daylight savings Indiana. time. Indiana. Daylight savings time was only implemented for farmers. That's is that it. proven? Yes. Yes. No, I know that is, but it, is it proven <laughs> that they're right and we're wrong? Well, no, they just did that because you don't it, need it helped daylight the farmers savings out. Time. Yeah, you don't need it. it. It was only implemented because of farmers and they're waking up and doing their thing and going to bed and doing their thing. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all day the daylight segment. It doesn't That's it. boom. That's all shattered. <laughs> <laughs> it drops the mic and walks out. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> like, like what did he do? Boom. So NASA's space telescopes also give us a way to look back in time. Telescopes help us see stars and galaxies that are very far away. It takes a long time for the light from faraway galaxies to reach us. So when we look into the sky with a telescope, we are seeing what those stars and galaxies look like a very long time ago, which I was going to actually touch on this earlier. But yep. yeah, that's the truth. Like when you look yep. at something up there, you see something glimmer and whatever that happened fucking forever ago because of the speed of light. It takes forever to get here. And those things are fucking billions of miles away. Anyway, however, when we think of the phrase, quote, time travel, <laughs> we are usually thinking of traveling faster than one second per second. That kind of time travel sounds like something you'd only see in movies or science fiction books. Could it be real? Science says yes. How do we know that time travel is possible? I'm going to break this down and I'm going to talk. All right, kids, listen up. Yeah. More than 100 years ago, a famous scientist named Albert Einstein came up with an idea about how time works. He called it relativity, Jeff. This theory says that time and space are linked together. Einstein also said our universe has a speed limit. Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second. Wow. Isn't that fast, Jeff? Boys have penises, girls have vaginas. <laughs> so what I does have the, no doubt. What does this mean for time travel? Well, according to this theory, the faster you travel, the slower you experience time. Scientists have done some experiments to show that this is true. For example, there was an experiment that used two clocks set to the exact same time. One clock stayed on Earth, while the other flew in a big airplane, going in the same direction Earth rotates. After the airplane flew around the world, scientists compared the two clocks, and the clock on the fast-moving airplane was slightly behind the clock on the ground. Can you do like Kermit? It's easier to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do so it. So the clock on the airplane... I'm not doing Kermit. So the clock on the airplane <laughs> was, on, traveling, <laughs> was traveling slightly slower in time 
than one second per second. Oh, Jeff, do you get it? Totally. All right. The so, letter E. <laughs> <laughs> so can we use time travel in everyday life? Well, Jeff, can we use time travel in everyday life? What do you think, buddy? I don't have a calculator. Okay, well, here he's you a, go. And he's not a doctor. Frog. All right. So we can't <laughs> we can't use a time machine to travel hundreds of years into the past or future. Aww. That kind of time travel only happens in books and movies. Oh shucks. <laughs> but the math of time travel does affect the things we use every day. For example, we use GPS satellites to help us figure out how to get to new places. Oh. Right? NASA scientists also use a high accuracy accuracy <laughs> version of GPS to keep track of where satellites are in space. But did you know that GPS relies on time travel calculations to help get you around town? <gasps> wow! <laughs> GPS satellites orbit around Earth very quickly at about 8,700 miles per hour. This slows down GPS satellite clocks by a small fraction of a second, similar to the airplane example from before. Remember what we said before, Jeff? Airplane! <laughs> However, the satellites are also orbiting Earth about 12,550 miles above the surface. This actually speeds up GPS satellite clocks by a slightly larger fraction of a second. Here's how, Jeff. Einstein's theory also says that gravity curves space and time, causing the passage of time to slow down. High up where the satellites actually orbit. Do you know where those are? In heaven? Right. <laughs> Earth's gravity is much weaker up there, okay? So this causes the clocks on GPS satellites to run faster than clocks on the ground. Why? The combined... <laughs> the combined result is that the clocks on GPS satellites experience time at a rate slightly faster than one second per second. Why doesn't daddy love mommy? <laughs> that's for a different time. Bonus episode. That's a, that's definitely a bonus episode. Does this mean I get two Santa Clauses? Yay! <laughs> so luckily, scientists can use math to correct those differences in time. So if scientists didn't correct the GPS clocks, there would be big problems. GPS satellites wouldn't be able to correctly calculate their position or yours. And their er the errors would add up to a few miles each day, which is a big deal. GPS maps might think your home is nowhere near where it actually is. You know, I gotta say, if this ever went south and you really needed a new career, you could be the next Bill Nye the Stats guy. <laughs> well, we're you not done. Puppet, though. You need like a puppet to go with the But wait. Thing. I have one. He's right here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just shove your hand up my ass. Let's go. <laughs> so now listen. Uncle John. Uncle John, why? <laughs> so in summary, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> yes, time travel is indeed a real thing, but it's not quite what you've probably seen in the movies. Oh. Under certain conditions, it is possible. Except for Interstellar. Right, except that one. It is possible to experience time passing at a different rate than one second per second. But there are important reasons why we need to understand this real-world form of time travel. So there you have it. Part one of time travel and time travelers. <laughs> Hopefully you guys have hung out with us long enough to understand that, holy shit, there's a lot of fucking information. And gee, bus Christmas, my eyes went crossed at least a couple times in this episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So listen, that's just because you're drinking. Well, well, that's a different. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this when you put it out like three or four times. Just oh, to I, try I, to understand. So am I. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm reading this shit. And I've got to go back. And do this. Did he say? And that's how we get the play count. up. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we made it fun for you guys to kind of understand a little bit more of this. So it didn't seem so dry and whatnot. There's a lot of information, but it does come down to the fact that time travel, it is technically in some weird fucking way, it's possible. Well, I mean, obviously, we're literally, there are space spacemen, astronauts, that travel to the future as we speak. They're called and cosmonauts, where I am from. Yuri is traveling to the future. When he comes back, maybe... <laughs> I am from future. You see this? I am from he's future. Due, I think he's due back next week. Maybe we could get him on a bonus episode and ask him how it went. That would be perfect. But he's actually going to be living a few seconds into the future. Because he's future man. Correct. So would, he's would actually... Would you say he's ahead of the game? Yeah, probably. He's ahead of his time. Oh, oh nice. yeah. You like that one? That's very yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. I like that. So next week, we will have a full <laughs> episode dedicated to just specifically tales of time travel. So we're going to find out what the fuck people are talking about. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about the time travelers of the world yeah. from yeah, past absolutely. to present yeah. to, to maybe future. Right. Would it count... All those times that we were coming back from a show and you guys were sleeping and woke up in a different city while I was driving. I don't think so. It could. I mean, think about it, though. That's time you don't, travel. You don't know that he did not fold space time to... to That's right. No, we do. See? We took a Grand Cherokee. <laughs> Dude, so you know what I'm excited about? Shitty ass clearly, clearly man. a time machine. So I'm excited about the, this week's uh, WTF because I'm pretty Mama. sure I'm pretty sure we've got some winners. We do coming winners. up. We have a guest as well. We have some. Winners. We have a guest as well to make this WTF. Uh, well, we've been keeping him outside the, this whole time. Yeah, I don't. He's I probably don't asleep. Do you so think he knows anything? Do you think he knows anything about time travel, dude? dude I don't wait, know if wait, we want to go down wait. that rabbit Does hole. Does he ever shower? Because he kind of smells like a pig farm. He just showered in Riley's room. Uh, Who he did? Yeah. Wow, that's. I wonder if that's like his first shower he's had in a long time. Could be. There you. were there were flies. I don't know. There were flies. <laughs> <laughs> Stinky ass. All right, so I guess we got to bring him in here because we have a a song that needs to be sang for the winners that well, actually yeah. got the Jeopardy questions. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to go get him? Uh, yeah. Can you go get him real quick? I said it up. Hey, get in here! Hey, man. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, chainsaws here. Hey. How you doing, Chainsaw? I'm not bad, Isaiah. How you been? Oh, man, thank you so much for taking a shower before you came in here, buddy. Yeah, that was like the first. It's, listen, on, on Tuesday, I take one no matter what I'm supposed to do. I mean, hey. you know, because uh, sometimes being out there with them cows, you know, you start to smell like one of them cows, and they come up and they do weird things to your back. Your, is it, is anyway. that every Tuesday or one Tuesday a year? Just a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> any given. It's, it's just a Tuesday. Okay. I find one, and I just take a shower, and. No, that's did what you, I do. Did you clean up after yourself in Riley's room? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Did you borrow his underwear? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Hey, uh, real quick, Isaiah, before we get going in here, we were actually uh, we wanted to know what your thoughts about time travel were. I think it's amazing because every time, <laughs> every time I go to the bathroom, uh huh, it disappears. What disappears? My 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 poo poo. What, what does that have to do with time travel? It's traveling in time. He's got a point. Because next thing you know, I got another one in my belly. <laughs> That's the loop. That's the wormhole. 
It came back around. That's what I'm saying. Like every time I go and I put it so in the wait, toilet and it comes think, right back. Do you think, are you saying it's the same poop? It's not. Anyways, so we brought you here. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff is going to tell you why. So here's the thing. Here's <laughs> Explain the thing. to you why you're here, I guess. We want Isaiah to be the next Alex Trebek. Right. Okay. Right. And we think he's got what it takes. I do. So we played a little Jeopardy for his resume. And that was so much fun, Jeffrey. It was good. And we had... I did awesome, Chainsaw. I don't know if you heard it or not, but <laughs> no, I was... Oh, I heard it, man. That was, was, that was fantastic. I'm going to be the next guy if, you If are. you're not hired, I, I don't know what to say. You'll man. go get him, won't you, buddy? That's right. All right. Just for you, my friend. <laughs> That's right. You guys are so mean. Alex is dying. Come on. So... That's job security, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we had three people... <laughs> Who got all the answers right, except I have to point out one thing. Uh oh. We're still going to put Chad in the winner's circle. Uh oh. Even happened? though he did have one wrong, but I could see where he was coming from on Chad? it. Chad? What question did he get wrong? He got the answer wrong that was that the answer was actually Sam Socks. What did he say? He said Mothman. Oh, he but the Mothman has red eyes and could float He's over very, the field. Very, so very, very true. It's a, it's plus, possible. plus, he did send John that hat, so. This is true. That kind of oh sense. yeah. He's in the winter circle all day for that one. I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet hat. So as you promised, have, you have a hat like that, Isaiah. Do I? Yeah. No, nobody loves me. Jeff loves you. No, I don't. <laughs> See, oh, <laughs> I done told you. Wow, Jeff. I know he's a, wow. He's not nice. He doesn't shower and he wears Riley's underwear. What, what is the love about him? What's well, not? Yeah, to but love. you know <laughs> everything. <laughs> At least he doesn't mind the skid marks that are already there. Oh, that's, that's true. I just yeah. turn them on backwards and then wear go. them the next time. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. the style. Right. So there you go. Here's what we're going to do. As promised, we're going to take a small little break. We're going to get set up and we're going to rock this fucking house down. All right. So hold tight. Wow. We'll be right back after this message. Oh yeah, what's up, player? Yo, if you wanna take your bitch to a fine place, you need to come to Franklin Castle. Cause we got all that rassle tassel down here at Franklin Castle. Yo, if you need like a weekend away with your fly honey, bring her on down. We got heart beds, we got mirrors on the ceiling. Yo, there's gonna be a lot of booty knocking going on in Franklin Castle. Get some. Get you some. Franklin Castle. And now we return to your regularly scheduled program. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our new segment, WTF. One, two, three, four. We'd like to say you're a winner in our book. These three people didn't need a second look. They won our contest based on Jeopardy. So here's a little bit about these awesome three. Christina, Christina, she was the first to give the correct answers and we hope she isn't cursed 
She has her own podcast called The Sister Skeleton. And you should probably listen unless you want to smell again. Jessica, Jessica, she's another winner. She's so awesome, you should buy her a dinner. Her sister, Christina, and together they podcast. Make sure you check it out. And she has a lot of cats. Chad, Chad, we thought he was from Canada. Turns out we were wrong. Can you imagine that? He is another winner. So congrats to you all. Chad is such a badass. He threw a hot dog at the wall. So we'd like to say you're a winner in our book. These three people didn't need a second look. They won our contest based on Jeopardy. So here's a little bit. Yeah, you heard about these awesome three. Isaiah, that was phenomenal. I have to get some tissues because I have to dry my eye. Man, that was a fun time. I had a good time writing that song there to run people. Man, Jeffrey, you play that guitar pretty well, buddy. I heard, well, I, I was told that that was originally for the banjo, though. Is that true? Well, Jeff said he was going to bring one, <laughs> and I was to bring a ukulele. That's what is. it was supposed to sound like. Uh, that's what, yeah, that was, yeah. He didn't bring one. I like that little dance you were doing over there. But I got jig, into that. I, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that threw me off. It was hard to compare. Pose. I, I dropped a couple beats you. there and there. That's like, all right. Yeah, he was because it was funny. He was that jigging. Was straight hillbilly. He was jigging. Yeah. But we just want to say, and I personally want to say to all the winners out there, thank you guys very much for listening to podcast. They very much. Right. You know what? You know what? I, I We're, got, you're good. We're I good. We got go. what we need. Well, we you can get out of here. One more quick okay. thing. Oh, we got okay. one more. Okay. We wish you the best of luck in getting that job on Jeopardy because I, I think you deserve it. Oh, okay. I think it will change your life for the better. You'll you can actually afford clothes and a shower if you get the job. That's what I'm hoping for. We hope so too. Just because he has a shower doesn't mean he's going to use it, though. This is true. No, that's you can grow stuff in there. Did you know that? That you can act. You if you have a shower, you can grow all kinds of vegetables. This, in there. Or you Are can we, make shine, right? That's the toilet. Yeah, that's <laughs> where the time traveling <laughs> happens. Toilet, right. I'm not. Shine. I'm not going to yeah. say that has not happened. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but perhaps. So it are we, right. we're, okay, we're done. Yeah, yeah one more time yeah. for Isaiah. All guys. right. Come yeah. On. yeah. 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 Well, you guys are so mean to him. Well, I mean, time, were, wait, where, time, what were you, you know? doing that whole time anyways? Oh, me? Yeah. What did uh, you, where were you? I didn't he even was see upstairs you. eating tacos with his wife. Yeah, I was eating tacos. So you didn't even get to hear the song? Uh, no. <laughs> I guess you're just going to have to wait till tomorrow then, huh? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll listen tomorrow uh, when, it, when it gets, yeah, when it's released. Why That's fine. Why aren't you and Isaiah ever in the same place? Do you it's, not like him? No, it's you know he smells, man. And if you take a shower once in a while, he did. He took a shower in Riley's room. Well, see, remember? I didn't know that, and now that I do, I'll apologize. I told you that earlier. You know what, Moody? Yeah, but- that's right, man. That's like Clark Clint. Clark- yeah, Who's that? that? Clark Clint. Clark- Love Clark Clint. Superman. <laughs> Clark- Superman. <laughs> Hold on, he's stroking out. <laughs> it's, it's Clark Clark Clint and Superman. Clark Clint. Clark cunt. <laughs> All right, passengers, listen. Wow. <laughs> 
We hope you enjoyed what your the ride. Fuck. <laughs> on time travel with us. This is the first ride no of doubt. two. This is the first ride of two. So make sure you guys keep voting for upcoming episodes on, at our Facebook page or at the Midnight Train Podcast.com and click on the You Pick the Episode button on both of those. At our website, you can also buy some really sweet merchandise at our store and we'll donate 10% of every sale to the National Association of Mental on Mental Illness. And if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, call the NAMI, that's NAMI helpline at 1-800-950-6264. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or in a crisis, text NAMI to 741741 because as we always say, mental health is no joke. Also, don't forget to send us your creepy little items that you guys have hanging around. You can send those to the Midnight Train Podcast, P.O. Box 38206, Olmstead Falls, Ohio, 44138. And listeners keep asking how they can keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of sweet shit like a custom shirt, custom poster, custom sticker. Tons of bonus episodes, which we're going to be recording a new one tonight. Super Aye, excited. Captain. And uh, so if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreon is definitely for you. And for those of you that would rather just leave us a one-time donation, you can head on over to PayPal and uh, use the email address, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Real quick, I don't, you know, we're not, we're not begging you guys for anything, but. We're not? Ever, no, we're not. <laughs> it would get, it would be pretty ugly if we were. <laughs> but so, well, I just want to say, like, I don't want, I don't want people to think that, like, you know, you're you're listening to us and rating and and commenting is 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 definitely enough because we do this because we love doing it. But uh, you know, anything is appreciated if you feel like we're doing a good job. You know, we would love, we appreciate all the help we can get. And I want to take it one step further too. The donations and and the money that we do receive goes right back into the podcast. So 100%. we're absolutely yeah. paying for web space. We're paying for marketing ads. We're paying for new microphones. Microphones. New Listen, Moody's, whatever we can do. Moody's using a PlayStation headset for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I am. Listen, <laughs> I and, am. And Chainsaw's not cheap. I mean, his guest appearances right. cost at least I what know. two two fifty the royalties too yeah, for candy. Right, man. right. That's what that's I'm, I'm Chainsaw. But it, but what I think, honestly, what we are saying is that we just genuinely appreciate you guys listening. We're not, you know, you guys don't have to do anything except keep listening. But if you can go that extra mile, that's fucking awesome. And we're going to make sure and spread the word. And we're going to make sure that we make you as uh, important as you actually are to the show. Right. What? What? Uh, Yes. The young man in the back. Yes. Boxcar. Boxcar. I don't have any boxcar lately. Yes, you do. We do. Yes. What do we have? Black Eyed Superstar, Dirty Penny. Oh, well, we have a request. Okay, so we have uh, oh. we do it. We have a boxcar yes. this week, so we're gonna have Dirty Todd Penny in the box. Todd wants boxcar. to know why you haven't played Dirty Penny yet. So we'll play. This it. is for Todd. That's completely cool. But listen, word of mouth is number one. How we're gonna keep going with this whole damn thing. So you guys just telling people about us and sharing it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, just share it and let people know about it. You know, like we say before, like when you're standing around talking to someone, let them know about the podcast. You know, that right there, that's more than money can actually buy. So, yeah, absolutely. So, we can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support we've received. And you passengers, keep this train moving. Thank you so much. All right. So, here we go. Oh, boy. For all of you listeners out there, here's the big fucking midnight train shout out to. Where's my freaking. Where, God. God Moody, where's the list? One of these days. 
Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Tommy Pizza Box, the Sister Skeleton. Uh, Make sure you check out the Sister Skeleton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Riley, Diane, uh, Alina, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Chanel, Alex, Emily Ann, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Frandipi, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Evil Rob at the Fun Fun Box podcast, which, by the way, I want to do an episode with him. I think it'd be fun. Crossover. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we should have him come in and we should do something with that. So, uh, Rob, get a hold of us. We should totally do that. Um, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Chainsaw. Hey, who's right here? Hey! Jigsaw. Wow. There it is. Jigsaw, Bill, Sun, Colin, Todd, David V, Justin K, Juan, Belen, Ken and Brad over at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, uh, Katie, Davey, our Mexican Vato, and a very fucking special fucking thank you to our producers, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Christina Skelton, Jessica Bartolome, and of course, my boy Bill Birch, and the one and only Samantha Pickworth. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, sign up as a member on our website or become a Patreon producer. All right. Enough of this crazy shit that we've been talking about today on time travel. My brain hurts. I need a fucking drink. And guess what? We're going to have something super fucking awesome on the bonus train, right? Oh, yeah. Show enough. All right. So on behalf of Chainsaw, what do you got to say, buddy? I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Christina Candy. There you go. Moody? I got nothing, man. All right. Uh, real quick. Thanks. I've quit Facebook. Okay. Oh, right, so right. if you don't oh, yes. see me, if you don't see me on there on the forums and everything, is because I had to give Facebook up because it just makes me sick. And election time's coming up, and I don't want to deal with all that. So, anyways, oh god, I am going to be venturing into the world of Snapchat. So I've been filming stuff that we do here. It's going to be all podcast related. So if you want to follow me or add me on Snapchat, uh, my name, my username. Is JFRO216. That's J F R O 216. So follow me up. You'll see all kinds of podcast stuff behind the scenes. I'll do a bunch of posts when we're doing stuff live. And that's that's about it. That's all I got. Yay, JFRO. Oh, good for you. <laughs> nice. Nice. So on behalf of everyone here, we want to thank you guys so much for going through this crazy uh, time travel ride with us. And as we always say about this time, choo-choo, motherfuckers! Now go home and get your fucking shine box.